morning, good afternoon, and good evening to all the wonderful weebs around the world. Welcome to the latest episode of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. Uh, it is a shitty day. Not that it's so bad. There's just no sun. It's gloomy. It's windy. But that's that's a, that's the only thing that's bad today. What is always good, of course, is anime, and of course, it is me, Will, along with my host Jason on my left. How are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm feeling a lot better than I was two weeks ago. Yeah, so I was so out of it. Yeah, hopefully today that means that you've got the uh, the energy and the vigor to uh, roll out today's watching and reading list along with today's discussion topic. We'll be going over the discussion topic in the second half as usual, but we're going to go over the stuff we've been reading and watching. So I think that you've got uh, you you had quite a, a heavy load uh, the past two weeks. You're doing quite a lot of uh, seasonal catch ups, some stuff for research, um, but you've also had some time to to solo a couple of uh, series. Yeah, I mean, I watched... Will and I watched a bunch of seasonal stuff that we'll report on, uh, I think, next episode. In the coming... In the next two weeks, yeah. Yeah, so we just wanted to have a good backlog of, like, several episodes per series that we wanted to cover. Spoiler alert, um, Spring 2022 is fucking lit. Like, we've got some good shit, so we're excited to report on uh, the ongoing season uh, in two weeks' time. And then um, I did watch a bunch of, like, non-podcast homework, non-seasonal stuff, but I haven't finished them, even though my mind is made up about most of them. But I'll report on that, like, some other time. You finished um, uh, Omnipotent, right? Saints yeah. Magic? So I finished the, um, the Saints Magic is Omnipotent. The Saints Magic Power is Omnipotent a while ago. And um, this is a show that premiered in spring 2021 produced by Studio Media and uh the English light That's novel a really weird Studio Dio di, uh, Studio Dio Media Studio it's, it's, Dio it's got, Media Yeah it's got double dio Yeah uh so it's based off of the light novel of the same name by Yuka Tachibana for the story and Yasuyuki Shirui for the art the light novel and manga of the English version is published in English by uh I just said English twice, by Seven Seas Entertainment. And the reason why I watched it was season two got announced like a while back. And um, I decided to check it out. And uh, it's quite a decent show. It's about uh, Isekai. So surprise, surprise. What, What else is new, right? Like every fucking season, every fucking year, we have some form of Isekai. So, so um, it's a, what's what's new about this one? So it's a female this time. So I guess, okay. So, like, all right. But then instead of the main character being summoned by herself, there was another person that was summoned alongside her. And uh, when they both got summoned, they're both females, uh, one of the princes basically went to the other girl and was like, hey, you are the saint. You are basically the hero equivalent, and I'm just going to ignore what would be the main character because, well, she is fugly. Basically, that's that's his kind of assessment, which is highlights both his personality and the way that he goes about doing things. Uh, long story short... Uh, it turns out that uh, there was a misunderstanding between who is the real saint and who isn't. I don't think that is like a spoiler to say. And uh, over the period of several episodes, you they she makes it very apparent that our main character is the real saint. And then there's a whole bunch of like magic power shit, magic power shit. And yeah, sure. 
like it's omnipotent, right? So you're like, oh, great, like whatever. Like, oh, how OP can it be? Um, at one point, an amputee gets his... This is, this is quite a long story short. An amputee think, gets huh? his limb back. That's it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, that's how crazy... And then that's just like the tip of the iceberg. So it gets even crazier. Um, when's, um, when's the second season slated to come out? Uh, they have not announced a firm date, but the director is going to be the same, which is uh, Shota Ibata, which is the same director for... Uh, domestic girlfriend. So good on, good on you, guy. Good on them. Um, um, I haven't watched. Well, I've only watched one episode of Domestic Girlfriend because I just read the whole damn thing. Right. Uh, so Saints Magic Powers Omnipotent is a decent show. I wouldn't say uh, it is outstanding, but the laid back, chilled nature of the isekai is pretty welcomed, and you don't get a lot of those, so it's nice. No, wait, not not a lot of laid back. Isekais, really? No, no, no. I meant like it also has like grim themes. I don't know. It's like really, this is really chilled, basically. Right, but so it's like it, it touches upon like a few different genres, a few different themes. So it's all put together. It's just fine. It's 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 a decent showing. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's fine. Uh, I I gave it. But you it, need that though, right? Like every now and then, you don't necessarily need to always watch like nines and tens you don't have to put up with like fives and sixes if it's like if it's a show that you just put on you kind of tune in once in a while it will get you through the week maybe even through the month or however long it takes for you to finish the series i mean there's a reason why i did not watch this show until recently because it's not high on the priority list but it was still like a perfect use of my time. Well, what's amazing is that you had it on your to-watch list, and then you ended up actually watching it, you know, about albeit a, a, a year later. Yeah, but you're getting there, right? So it's like it's it's definitely one of those things where it's like you have it on your list, you wait for it, and you actually do pull the trigger to check it out. Um, but I guess it also helped that because there was a, a coming season uh, to be released later on, either this year or next year, it kind of pushed your decision a yes. little bit easier, right? Uh, to be honest, that was the main deciding factor of I was checking out isekais. I was also checking out uh, animes that talk about herbology because I was really into that at some point. And then this came up and I watched it. And because of the second season, that pushed me over the edge. So, so good was, time, right? Good time? It's a good time. Uh, it's a solid time. Eight out of ten. Nothing to scoff at. Perfectly respectable. At, at, at the worst, it would be like a 7.5. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Um, I think a lot of people should would enjoy this. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Um, now, there was something else that, um, that I know that you watched that I was supposed to watch, but um, we didn't have much much time uh, to watch it. And because the, the only source that we have uh, is physically with you. Uh, so hopefully one day I'll be able to watch it. Um, Do you want to watch should, it? Actually, we should actually probably just like, give a quick... Uh, re-update on this because I remember, I know we talked about this a while ago, but um, uh, yeah, the Enemy Pal podcast uh, did a thing. Um, I I thought it was pretty cool. You you thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So about a year ago, um, b- both Jason and I are we, sp- we we used to venture uh, throughout Kickstarter, uh, which is a crowdfunding platform uh, that used for like services or products. Um, for especially for digital media as well, um, we used to be on that very frequently. Um, definitely spent a lot of money on it, uh, but uh, we've, we've slowed down a bit. But one project in particular, uh, and Jason brought this to my attention as well, um, was anime related. Not just like oh, anime products like a board game or a card collecting series or whatnot. No, this is like actually being able to crowdfund 
a full-on animation for which studio of all studios, right? So uh, I guess another very high-profile example was Little Witch Academia by Studio Trigger. So when I saw that Wit Studio is doing a crowdfunding campaign for The Girl from the Other Side, and I really, really like the manga, I probably, I, I think I gave it a, it's a 9.5. So sometimes it's a 9 out of 10, sometimes it's a 10 out of 10. And the, the stats on my anime list back it up too. Right? 8.3 raw score in the top 300 for both um, the ranking as well as popularity. It doesn't have a lot of members, but like, that's just usually how it is for manga anyway. Yeah, and, um, and it's finished. It has 11 volumes, all published in English in its entirety by Seven Seas Entertainment. So uh, they released uh, sort of like this film project that they wanted to get uh, the public to fund as well. So Will and I, as part of the Good Anime Palette podcast, decided to fund uh, partially some of the proceedings towards this project. Yeah, yeah. Now, we we got we to be like, real full disclaimer. We were just part of the crowdfunding. We did not fund the whole damn thing. And, and, and like in the grand scheme of things, our contribution is like not necessarily significant at all. But it was cool to see. I mean, it was nice to be able to actually like help the studio. I mean, it's not like, oh, we wouldn't have helped any other studio. If it was a studio that we liked and it was a property that we enjoyed, we would definitely give it some form of backing, whether it's support, whether it's, you know, some funding through money or even like advertising or marketing, whatever it may be. Like if we like your, and we want to vouch for your, your, your series, we will do that. In this case, you know, the, the input wasn't huge. We didn't like have to be like spending like hundreds of millions of dollars. No, it's like every little bit counts. And we also like, got a physical copy of the a physical blu-ray of the, of the series yeah and we also got a bunch of merchandise i think i got a bunch of art books the japanese script two paintings so and the paintings are sick yeah the paintings are sick. and uh, we have our credits both on the web page and in the film itself so this is about a one hour film based off of the series the girl from the other side uh you've watched it so far i've i've watched it uh, the other day uh the mouse score is seven points Four five, which is almost like a point difference from the manga source. I have to say that that score is pretty accurate. Um, but then again, it's 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 not a full adaptation of the whole manga, right? It's just like is is it one one volume? Is it like several chapters? So based off of what I know of the manga, I think they adapted roughly almost two volumes in its entirety, and then they changed the ending of the OVA just so that um, it fits with, you know, one project rather than having it like dangling out and then leaving it open-ended. So they changed a little bit, but what they changed I thought was perfectly fine considering it's a, you know, an independent project by itself. Maybe there'll be a anime series. I doubt it because uh, this anime is about a girl who... And this, oh yeah, it would be good to talk yeah, about what it's yeah, exactly about, yeah. right. So uh, we haven't said that yet. So this is set takes place in some sort of high fantasy world where there is a plague, and these uh, people wall themselves inside a city. So then people outside cannot infect the people inside the city. But then you have to venture outside because people want to get in the city, and then it's just really messed up. And then you get the male main character who's only known as Sensei. Uh, and he is one of these cursed people, but somehow is able to communicate and talk and almost be this 
human being almost, except he looks very grotesque. And then the female main character is a young little girl who is Shiva. So then she is like this. It's, it reminds me of a Ascendance of a Bookworm. She's like eight years old. She's all white, white hair, white dress. And it's obviously supposed to be, uh, you know, contrasting the the cursed people who are in black. So, yeah, I think like that's. Like one of the most salient things when it comes to the palette of the whole series, especially like I mean, like we have the paintings, we've seen like some of the poster work on the Kickstarter program itself. It's a lot of sh- different shades of of green, white, and black with like a bunch of grays in between. So not to say it's dull, but it it's it it you can see the contrast very very clearly between like what's like the 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 plague and the dark world, and then you have like the more pure and innocent kind of free of, of disease kind of people as well, right? There's always that kind of contrast between the two sides. And the world is grim as fuck, as in, like, people murder each other because they suspect each other having the curse, and the sensei and Shiva cannot literally touch each other because if they touch each other, then she will be cursed, but then that is kind of ambiguous, so... I'll just leave that, leave it at that. Yeah. So now you said it's a seven point four five on my anime list, and you think that is a pretty like like pretty bang on score. So like, what are your personal thoughts about it? So the thing that I have to say about the girl from the other side that is extremely striking right away, both in terms of the manga source and the OVA, is its art style and look. It's very picture book esque, which is kind of like Vincent Van Gogh like fairy tale. You know, uh, what was it? Brothers Grimm, Grimm. What's the fairy tale? Oh, Brothers Grimm, yeah. Brothers Grimm, right? So it's like that kind of aesthetic. And if we were to just based off of aesthetics alone, this OVA would get a 11 out of 10. It's, it is crazy how they literally put the manga in motion, but animated fantastically. The voice cast is spot on. The interactions are very, very well represented. From the source, it looks fantastic. The production quality is fantastic. But because it's about a story about this, essentially Beauty and the Beast, but there's no love, it's more like parental guardian love, Uh, it's not a surprisingly intricate and deep story. Sure, they layer on stuff towards the end, but you're not going to adapt all 11 volumes in like under an hour or so. So... I understand. And based off of the storyline, it's really slow because it's supposed to be. So that gets a lot of, I guess, criticism. Do you think that the story itself is better to be read than to be watched? Because, like, I mean, like that, therein like, it lies like the difference between like the raw score for the manga and then the raw score for the, at least the, the anime production, albeit on a much shorter scale compared to like full 11 volumes of manga and just like barely two volumes added into an anime uh, with the, the recent uh, Kickstarter project from Wit. So I understand a lot of people's aversion to reading manga, at least on, on instinct. And this is called the Good Anime Palette Podcast, not the Good Manga Palette Podcast. But... Yes, I think that in this case, especially with the look and the feel, the manga is definitely way, way superior. But I also think that even if they were to adapt all 11 volumes into like, I don't know, let's say like a three-cur anime or whatever, right? I actually like, my gut instinct would tell me that this show would flop badly. 
it's not like King's ranking where okay the the aesthetics is is unique, but then there is like storyline, there's character development is actually quite you know touching and gut wrenching, and the girl from the other side has those qualities as well, but it is more subdued and laid back. It's literally basically about a dad and a girl traveling, trying to sort out this curse thing, trying to find a place to live, and there's a lot of slice of life elements that is kind of like not going to sit well with people. And the aesthetics is only going to do so much for you if this was fully adapted. So on one hand, initially, I was like, why shouldn't this be adapted in its entirety? Because it's so successful in terms of this manga series. And then after I watched it, I was like, yeah, actually, if there was like two to three curves of this, I don't think I'll finish it either. So it's a tough situation. So... I'm glad that I watched it. I think, Will, you should watch it, but I'm pretty sure that your opinion of it will not be as high as mine just because I have that manga knowledge with the source. So then when they do certain things, I was like, oh, they're referencing this and that. And for you, it would just be like, oh, this is really good. I'm just watching a short movie. It's, yeah, it's really well produced, but like, oh, that was cool. That was great. 8 out of 10 or 7.5 or whatever. Whatever it may be, right? Yeah, but I gave it an 8 out of 10 in the end. Um yeah, so I think that that score is very representative. Yeah, I mean that, that that's a very respectable score too, as well. Like, I mean, they they had a short amount of time. Would you say short? It, 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 Who knows funded? how long yeah. that they have been planning this? Because I think there was actually like a fifteen minute ONA. They did some sort yeah, of project, yeah. and then obviously this is like the the fully funded project. Well, the main thing is you could tell a lot of work I put into it, right? Like. Say what say what you want about like the story and how it plays out throughout the hour and a bit uh, of runtime, but it looks fantastic. And like that's not to say that oh we should be expecting that from Wit Studio. No, like consistency is the aim of the game, and the fact that they never drop in terms of their output for style, for art, for and animation. the music. By the way, the music, music is well. like a Disney movie level of quality and fantastical fantasy fairy tale like feel. If I were to show you pictures of the manga and then show you the anime, you'd be like, yeah, exactly. They captured it perfectly. Oh, it sounds, sounds like a fun time then. Well, I'm, great. Glad, I'm glad that we backed it. Um, so anyone else who's listening to this and also backed it, uh, yeah, why don't you let us know your thoughts? Uh, very, very likely that uh, not everyone who's listening to this will know or even backed, have, have even backed uh, Girl from the Other Side. Hey, look, if you have a friend who happened to back the project, who happens to have a physical Blu-ray, Please ask them to check it out and lend it to you so you can check it out yourself. I actually think that they might have made an announcement that Crunchyroll might be picking up the rights. Okay, I'm not sure, but we uh, I'll, I'll check that while we'll... Uh, when we get that confirmed, we'll let you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll let you know. Yeah. So on my side, when it comes to solo reading and watching, um, it's not that different. In terms of like, watching a lot of the seasonal stuff, which we'll report on uh, in two weeks' time, uh, catching up on series that I have previously watched uh, and never really had a chance to finish it, uh, but now I have. So, for example, like finishing up Asobi Asobase, uh, finishing up Way of the House Husband, well, actually finishing up just the first season, so the first five episodes, and then just five more episodes later on. Um, just essentially cleaning up the slate. Uh, so what Jason has been doing himself as well. So, you know, watching something that I started about two, three, maybe four seasons ago and completely watching it, finishing it, Asobi Atsubase, 
great time. Gave that an eight out of ten. I think it's one of their. Um, it, it's it's a nice take on like extremist slapstick goofy humor. And then with the house husband, it's if it wasn't really down for the animation quality, I would have given it more a higher score of maybe like an eight out of ten rather than a seven out of ten. But I still I still think seven is a good time. It's the fact that it's five episodes. I think it's fifteen to twenty minutes per episode because it's 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 skits between uh, every single episode. So I think there's like a total of three to four skits. Not a yeah, kind of similar to the way Asobi Asobase set up as well. Um, so I think both of them are actually uh, based off of manga, right? I think like Way of the Husbands is a four coma. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 A four panel uh, manga format. Um, so both of them, like they're like. I think yeah, Asobi Asobase is uh easy to watch. I think it's a fun time. Uh, the ending, the ending music is ridiculous. I absolutely love that shit. Uh, and way the house husband is also just an easy watch. Um, get get on those things if you just want to break away from uh any seasonal uh, responsibility, seasonal stuff you're watching. Um, comedy is always a fun time. I think comedy when done well, uh, rates really highly. And I think both of these are. You know things that I can easily go back to, even though I've already watched it. Um, so I also recommend everyone listening to this to check out Asobi Asobase and We're the House Husband. Um, that's generally it, though, because uh, yeah, for in terms of what I've been uh, watching and reading on a solo level, uh, I have to say though, just to interject real quick, I think, Will, I think we have to, on behalf of just our sanity, stop saying that every time something ranks as a seven, we have to then go to full defensive mode and say, but it's still okay. I think a lot of No, people... I have always said the sevens are fine. Yeah, I I mean I don't I don't I, I think that it's 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 easy to all of a sudden say, oh if it's not an eight, then like why am I spending so much time? I only want to watch great stuff. I only watch stuff that's worth my time. But like it's not like you always have to give things eights, nines or tens. If that's the case then everything anything else that is like one step below your quote unquote expectations would then not be worth your time. But there are so many sevens out there that I thoroughly enjoyed watching. I don't I never thought that seven was a bad score. It's only when you get down to like sixes and below that's where I'm wondering, is this really time well spent? Is this really gonna be a memorable show when I finish it? Like I can still remember a lot of the skits that came out from where the house husband. There's a lot of shows that I think that if I get in a seven, it was definitely worth my time. There's just other things that I probably would be able to recollect and recommend harder because the fact that it's you know, an eight to a ten for me and it's there, there are a lot more things that i think it's easier really it's easier to recommend to my friends to the listeners to anybody that might be wanting to check out a new series or something that i've watched before but i know that they haven't um so i i, I i'm not i don't i don't think was i defending sevens i don't think no, I was. No, no, no. um because i, 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 I wasn't I, accusing you that like sevens are not worth people's time i just feel like that every time anybody or like uh I can't believe we're saying that I, I'm saying this now. Uh, critics of anime and manga have to say, oh, this is a seven, but it's still really good. I feel like a lot of people have to go on the defensive because once they hear like a seven out of 10, they're like, oh, it's like not as good. And yes, but also like it's still good. That's my point that I was trying to make, you know, like I yeah, just don't, don't tack it onto what I was saying, though. Like, I, I, I think sevens are fine. I think sevens are great. Yeah. So we don't we don't have to defend others. We're saying sevens are not good or whatever, like. If, if if that's on them, that's on them. We we think sevens are great. Like they're 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 good to watch. 
I we have no problem whatsoever. If we give you a seven, it's still good. So don't worry about that. If we give you a six, on the other hand, that's when you should be a little bit more worried. Ooh, yeah. That's when, that's when it's like, um, it's going to be a little harder to recommend. Uh, there's a lot of um, things that we might need to warn you about before you go check it out. Sevens, though, like I, I rarely have any issues. There, there might be one thing where it's like, um, if you're not too down with a particular theme, then this won't be for you. But it's not really representative of the score itself. The scores are usually like, if it's a seven and up, I have no problem recommending it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's generally down to like the solo stuff that Jason and I have been watching and reading. And uh, I think we've, we've talked about this before. It's like, oh, Will, what have you been reading lately? It's like, I don't really read much manga. I've been watching more anime, blah, blah, blah. But last week, things have changed because there was a one-shot that was announced and released on April 11th. So uh, as of the time of recording... About five days ago. It would actually come out last Tuesday uh, if you're listening to this uh, live on the podcast. So, Tatsuki Fujimoto is one of my personal favorite mangakas. And Jason's you know, really riding high uh, on this guy's works as well. Dude uh, is legit. If we talk about some of the works, like, for example, like, you know, uh, a little-known Fire Punch, a very little-known Chainsaw Man, and uh, a very, very, very obscure but very highly acclaimed one-shot look back. That only came out was it end end of last year beginning of this year it didn't come out that end, long ago actually. Uh, end of last year yeah and it's free by the way on Mongo Plus and uh, Jump Plus uh, so if you're on iOS like on iPhones if you're on Android you can get the app I don't even think you need an account to read it I don't no have I I don't have an account actually yeah. no I, I do have an account but Sorry. you don't have to like have a paid subscription no 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 to no, no. read it yeah that's correct so uh, those three series. And the, the the two series, along with the one one shot, look back, all really good. You should definitely check them out. The one we're going to be talking about today is the one that came out last week because we got an announcement that Fujimoto, the manga, was going to release a new two hundred page one shot called Goodbye Airy. Where where do we start from here? Because um, okay, you, you you when I told you that I finished reading it, you're like okay. Stop! Don't say anything. We're going to reserve our thoughts during the recording. So, yep. okay. So uh, let's let's hear it out. Let, let, let's get the background stuff out of the way. So, similarly with Look Back, Goodbye Airy is a one shot that is absolutely one hundred percent free on Jump Plus and Manga Plus. You can read it right now in its entirety. What's it about? We're not really gonna. We're we're like gonna skirt around the actual. It's really plot. hard. We want we want to recommend it, but when we start talking about what happens in it, it's already that's the problem with the one shot. Because if you even say one particular page, that's already like 10% of what's going to happen in the whole one shot. It's so, 200 pages. Yeah. It's so hard to try and not explain what the, sh- what the, what the one shot's about. But we could talk about how we felt after reading it. Um, it's, um, I implore uh, anybody, uh, if you know Tatsuki Fujimoto in person, uh, call him up check up on him make sure he's okay because bro like first off um i'll just say this outright goodbye airy is just as good as my opinion of look back which is to say that it is an emotional roller coaster where a lot of the manga actually doesn't contain a lot of dialogue at all in fact i would argue it contains even less dialogue than look back but somehow the impact is just so great like it it follows a very similar thematic trend 
of uh, Fujimoto's works. You know, like I said, I've read Fire Punch. We both have read Chainsaw Man and Look Back. The themes are really not that different in terms of gripping, in terms of really personal emotions and how like one person wants to describe their own introspective feelings about themselves, about the people around them, and therefore how they interact with the world that they live in. Goodbye, Airy was probably one of the most emotional stories that I've read in a long time. And I'm including Look Back into this as well, because whilst Look Back was very much a very touching, uh, kind of depressing, but very, very touching story, I thought that the elements within Goodbye, Airy was just half a step higher than that. And we already gave a lot of praise to Look Back. So Goodbye, for me at least, Goodbye, Airy was a fantastic read. Uh, it, it left me questioning a lot of things at the end of it, but good questions in which I felt that is are there ways to better myself? Is there really things that I can do where I'd like rather than looking back, literally looking back, rather than like thinking about you know my past and looking about the present? Why not just enjoy what I have in the present? Uh, it's um, it, it it's definitely a touching story in the sense that once you finish reading it you really have this sense of self-reflection. And sometimes after reading stuff, you kind of want to talk to someone about it. This one, I kind of want to spend a little bit of time digesting it and really, really thinking how much of an impact it's actually made on me. I, I'm, I don't know how you felt about it, but what, yeah, what were your thoughts about so, Goodbye, Ari? So in terms of plot, I will say this. Um, Look Back is about manga. That's all I will say about the story. Goodbye, Aries, about movies. And that's all I'll say about that. Uh, but just based off of those two words, manga and movie, movies are more, you know, people have watched more movies than have read manga. I don't think that is necessarily a very far-fetched thing to say. And also, it's capturing something in, like, especially if it's, like, a movie in terms of live action movie then it's like in a in a sense real of course you can have cgi and whatnot right but like the fact that you see an actual person like there has that sense of like oh wow there is a sense of realism that is there that is not necessarily always present with an animated uh project whether it is manga light novel or anime because it is animated doesn't mean that it's anything lesser. It's just different. Uh, wait, what do you mean by that? I'm not, I'm not quite sure what you mean, actually. No, I just meant that, like... Because in, in any case, when you're, I, I'm guessing you're saying it's a little bit more... It can be a bit more, like, biographical with movies, okay. whether it's fictional or not. Okay, let me, let, let me clarify. When I read Look Back and I thought about just manga in general, the impact it has is different than the theme of movies in Goodbye Airy because uh, there was just a lot of experiences and things that I have accumulated through live action movies that were different than what I had with manga. So I just thought about it a lot. And I guess you're just looking at it specifically as a form of medium rather than like the actual content. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. No, 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 because... Uh, yes, that is exactly what I'm saying, because when I was watching movies, there was just this different feeling that I get than reading mangas. That's just... I guess it, well, I guess it depends, because it's like, if you're... Like, 
in a way, for example, if you're reading a book, much in the way you're reading a manga, it's still images, still text, and whatever voices, whatever characterizations that you associate with that specific character, it really comes down to your own personal interpretations, your own personal imaginations. Whereas with movies, or at least, you know, like actual, like full imagery that's like running smooth and all that, the representation of a character is very much driven by the actor or the actress behind it and also very much down to how the script is written too. So there is already like a set kind of image that the director and the producer wants to portray. Whereas with literature, it's very much more up to you how you choose to interpret it. At least that's how... Because that, so for example, I, I, if we go, for example, with me reading, I've read The Shining and I really love like the horror elements of it, but I have refused to and I still refuse to watch The Shining because I feel that watching it would then sort of distort my own interpretations of the horror themes of the imagery from the book, if you know what I mean. Because it's like, I know that Jack Nicholson is a wonderful actor and I know that it's like The Shining is a really, really good movie. I just have my own personal interpretations of how the movie scene, how the scenes, how the characters interact, how the imagery is, is displayed from literature, because this is my own imagination. I don't necessarily need someone else to tell me how I'm supposed to interpret fear, how I'm supposed to see a horrific scene. Um, I think maybe I have uh, misrepresented what I really want to say. Yeah, I think I, 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 that was I, very obscure. I, 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 I think at like the very end of the day, Goodbye Airy just hits different because the content of what it talks about is different than Look Back. But because they're both just really, really good. Can 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 we just say that this this let's, one let's, shot is let's, fantastic? Let's just talk about what the what the whole thing is all about too. It's it's gripping. It's emotional. It's very very personal. If anybody's ever read uh, Fire Punch and read the blurbs that are at the end of each volume, you could sort of see the trajectory and the patterns that are in Goodbye Airy because it's this is still very much a story that's written and conceptualized by Tatsuki Fujimoto. And it's it's a very deep dive into his mind, his way of thinking, his way of wanting to tell a story, because it's a very personal story, uh, much the way that Look Back is as well. I I really have nothing bad to say about Goodbye Airy. It, 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 in my opinion, it's like borderline masterpiece, if not a masterpiece in itself. And I rarely ever read one-shots. I rarely ever read one-shots as well. I think that a very interesting difference between Look Back and Goodbye Airy is that Look Back kind of had one big revelation, let's just say. But for Goodbye Airy, there was multiple, even all the way till the end. And I felt that I just kept me guessing or kept me like being like, oh, is this really it? Is this really it? No, it is. And it look, uh, you should just read it. It's just really good. It's 200 pages. You will do it in like, and it's fucking free. It's free. It's like half what an hour you doing? of your time. Go, go ahead and read it. We we spent like the last 20 minutes trying to fucking, fucking analyze. Oh, well, dude, there's these things, these elements. But it, at the very at the very end, it's a fantastic read that will only take about an hour, hour and a half tops of your time. You can read depending on how fast you read. And it's free. As long as you have a phone and you have the app, nothing's stopping you. But 
somebody uh, who knows Fujimoto, please check on him. Yeah. I, 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 I give give sure, him a hug on, the, on I, behalf I, of I, JP. I, 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 I want to make sure he's okay. Buy him a coffee, take him out for a walk, and uh, take him out for a walk. Yeah, walk walk by the riverside, <laughs> not, go see some flowers. Dog. No, the, I think the, you have you read any of the blurbs from Fire Punch? Like, no, the, exactly. So that's you should, oh, because he's holed up at home yes. because he's a manga cut. Yes. That actually makes a lot of sense. Actually, right? Yeah, like yeah, he yeah, needs okay. to get outside and just enjoy some fresh air. I'm not saying like walk him like a dog. No, like <laughs> I I, I know it could have been interpreted that way. Dude, that's, that's messed up because based off of certain events in Fire Punch, yes. that's a yeah, bro. Yeah. Okay. But again, read Fire Punch. Yeah, yeah read just, Fire just Punch. read anything from Fujimoto. They're all really good. Oh, and uh, get ready for Chainsaw Man because uh, that's hype. That's 2023, right? Actually, I I double checked. They said 2022, but we have not heard anything yet. So, just read the manga because 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 wait, isn't part two of Chainsaw Man coming out this summer? Yes. Right. Okay. Well, that's fine for me too. If you're still waiting on the anime, just read the next part of the manga. It'll be coming out in two months' time. Ooh, I'm telling you, uh, I'm just going to say it. Look back and Goodbye Airy is going to be winning several GAP finale awards. <laughs> it would be a disservice to not even include it. They were very like personally impactful. It is. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I can't say which I prefer. Like Look back and Goodbye Airy. Because like, both of them are good in different ways right even yeah, exactly if, even if it is a self-exploratory introspective story on both sides they cover different themes and they cover different emotions because the thing with like emotions the thing with like personal histories and personal experience is it's all like within oneself like my experience of something is never going to be the same as jason's as anyone else's so what i feel about one thing is what i feel and it should in no way affect however jason feels about one thing and i i think jason will probably think the same too it's like you you can like look back and you can like goodbye airy at the same plane you don't need to compare either or just because the same guy wrote both of them um i think the last thing that i will say about the one shots is i understand that at least i theorize that the reason why these one shots exist is because fujimoto is kind of just doing a side project that he really wants to because it's very obvious that both one shots have a lot of passion and emotion in it and he's just waiting on his next thing which is basically chainsaw man in my opinion and uh he's just like in the meantime i'll just make these two one shots that are probably going to win a shit ton of awards and get a shit ton of reception which is absolutely the case here's the thing i think that there should be more one shots based off of these two alone does that mean that they're all will be the same quality? Well, no, but there's no there's no guarantee. But I even I, if the the current trend is that whatever he comes up next as a one shot should also be well received, but like it would be dumb of us to expect that it's going to be at the same level. We should just wait for him to do whatever he wants because in the end he is his own creator of his own stories. But whenever I hear one shot and uh Fujimoto again in the future, I'll be Hold like the phone, sign me up, put everything down, Bro. and just read that shit. And what, you got to respect the hustle too, right? Like spending so long working on Fire Punch, taking a break, and then spending so long working on Chainsaw Man, and then getting ready for part two of Chainsaw Man, but in between then releasing two separate one-shots. Like he's not taking a break. He might have been like, taking a break from working on Chainsaw Man, but he's still like trying to perfect his craft and tell a story that's gripping, not just for himself, but for the people who subscribe to him. 
So Suisha probably paid him, right? Because obviously it's free, so he technically doesn't earn money. But you could say that the fact that it's an advertisement for the digital manga platform of Jump Plus slash Manga Plus, it was probably like, you know, no there, there's a lot to read already on Jump Plus. But like, if you needed more reason to download the app and actually start using it, like, look no further than Goodbye Airy. Like, thank you so much, Fujimoto. That shit was awesome. We can't wait to see what else you come up with. Or if you want to take a break, very respect that as well. Please go and enjoy a nice long rest. And we will catch you very, very soon when part two of Chainsaw Man comes out. Hey, if you want to hug Fujimoto, you, you we will fly to Japan if we're allowed we, to. Yeah, we're we are allowed, allowed to. to. We will we will get we will come over just to give you a goddamn hug and maybe a high five or two, and that's about it. All right. We have talked at length about Goodbye Airy and Look Back in Fujimoto-san. So let's go. I really enjoyed that. Because it's, it's, yeah. they're both really... Uh, is, 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 is it fair to say they're fun to read? Because the, the, the topics are not fun at all. It, in, in the way that like, it's incredibly deep and heavy. I'll tell you what happened when I uh, got to the last page of Goodbye Airy. I was just sitting in my chair and I was just like, Guys, I need a moment. I wasn't saying this to anybody, but I was just like in my mind. I was like, "Okay, all right, just just think about this for a sec. Just just put the phone down, put everything down, close my eyes." And, and then just... the waves of emotion just starts crashing in. You're just like, "What have I just witnessed? What have I just done? It doesn't matter. It felt fucking amazing." Uh, after I've completed reading all 200 pages of Goodbye Airy, so I would have i cried my eyes out for certain anime series like for example fruits basket and so on and so forth right that is comes to no surprise to me because i'm an emotional guy but with goodbye airy and look back it is i would say even more emotional but i did not display any emotions it was all like in my head and just coming to grips with themes and then tying it with my own memories and experiences it was very personal, and I think everyone who read it would get something out of it for sure. It's it's so hard to hate on it. Like you you just gotta admire the the work that Fujimoto puts into his craft. So, yeah, uh, a soft round of applause. So congratulations. Uh, we look forward to your future works. So that wraps up the the watch and read list. I know we went on a bit of a a bit of a deep rabbit hole into the world of Fujimoto's one-shots, but they're just fucking amazing. So we want to give them the time um, that uh, you know, we we have within the podcast. So You have you no excuse. It's free. It's like a one-shot. Like, just read it. Just do it. Please. If, if you want, pause this episode, go read it, and then come back to this episode. So uh, we will catch you guys later. But uh, for those who are still listening, <laughs> those who are still listening, uh, we, we do have some news, just a little bit. Not as much as usual, because a lot of it is just you know more manga sales, more adaptations. Um, let's just get this up now. Um, we've reported on Dress Up Darling before, um, selling you know hotcakes in terms of the numbers for their manga. Uh it was another two mil, another two point five mil, two point five million copies. So now it has six million copies in circulation. Wow! Congratulations. Okay, since its <laughs> anime debut. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's 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 insanely popular. Um, I liked it. Not maybe not as much as most people, but you could, you could I can tell that uh, uh, six point five, six million copies in circulation. That's not a number to scoff at. Um, so good job, guys. Uh, moving on to the next bit. Uh, this one I'm not actually 
too familiar about because I haven't I haven't read the manga, but I think you have, right? Yes. Uh, so Witch Hat Atelier. Yeah, it is one of those mangas that is extremely highly rated. Uh, let me see right now. It has an eight point five two on my anime list rank one thirteen popularity. Eight point five two. Yep, popularity two nine six rank one one three. So. It's ranked really high. It's published in English by Kodansha USA. I've read it. It is fantastic. Nine out of ten for me. And uh, people have been saying since a while ago that uh, they should get an anime adaptation. And uh, Anime Japan also agrees because on their like manga that needs to get adapted survey, which had Atelier is on there, and we reported on it. Well, guess what? They are now making an anime. Congratulations. Um, like no, seriously, like congratulations. They other than that, they have not announced who is doing it, when it's going to be released. They just released like a, I think because of one of their new volumes are releasing in Japan. There, I was like, oh, by the way, guys, anime's coming. Y'all get hype. I, I mean, it deserves to in terms of the accomplishments it's achieved, right? Like two point five million copies in circulation, nominated for best award at the um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that Agulame uh, International Comics Festival. It's been nominated in the Manga Taisho Award. It's ranked in the rankings for best uh, manga for male readers uh, in 2018 for Kuro Manga Uh It's also in the American Library Association's uh, top ten graphic novels. For teens in 2020. The, yeah. The, and also a Harvey Award winner as well. Uh, for yeah. Best Manga in 2020. This uh, anime, well, this eventual anime, and this manga is about wizards. So it's kind of like Harry Potter, but uh, it's actually way darker than uh, you would expect. From, from, I thought you were going to say way better, but again, it's like, also way better. But well, yes. ooh, better than Harry Potter. Uh, let's not let's not rattle the HP fans out there. But again, it's, it's all subjective anyway, right? So let, don't don't hate on us. Also, this. because I'm reading which Atelier like, and you more had, recently, and we haven't read Harry Potter in fucking years. Exactly. So. so so okay, like recency bias. I think that's what's it called, right? Well, exactly that. Yeah, yeah. So 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 exactly. But look, great. If which studio does it though? It, I will it, lose my shit. Looking at the manga cover, it looks like a wit kind of thing just, to do. Just Google image search some yeah, of the I looks. Mean, I, I mean, like just just that alone, just like, whatever's on the Anime News Network page, like that looks pretty wit as fuck. So I, if it's wit, you would probably be like, "Yep, they made the right choice. This is gonna be fucking lit." But uh, yeah, wit uh, is lit. Wit is lit. But no other announcements other than an anime is incoming. Our last bit of news story is. Kind of uh, an unfortunate one, but usually Will and I try our best not to talk about bummers as much unless if we feel it is extremely warranted. And in this case, I felt, and I th- I'm sure Will does as well, that this new story should be reported on. Yep. So we were doing this out of respect as well. So, Will, I don't know about your relationship with this property in particular. Oh, you, but you know damn well. It is okay. Should just say it. We're we're talking about Doraemon, and uh, unfortunately, the co-creator of Doraemon, Fujiko Fujio, has passed away at age eighty-eight. So, it's, I mean, eighty-eight years old is like that's a long time. That's a long time. But Doraemon for me has this huge, huge impact because I would have VHS tapes. I would read the original manga in Chinese. And, like, 
it was a huge, huge part of my childhood when it comes to anime and manga. I've re- I've watched so many of the uh, initial Doraemon movies because I think it was like Doraemon movies like they came out almost every other year. I remember there was like there was a ninja movie. There was a I one read that. They, I watched they, that one where they went back in time to the dinosaur world. Watch that one. Uh, There's one where I think it was kind of like. Almost like Arabian Nights esque. Watch that one. Yeah, there was, there, and then of course the there's a ones. Journey to the West. There's, there's a, yeah, a robot one. There's, a, there's, there's like a almost like a Sentai kind of one where it's like they're superheroes. Like they, they it, it, it's almost like a Mecha kind of thing, like Power yep. Rangers Mecha esque yep. kind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's there's so many, and like say what you want about uh, Doraemon being like a kid show, and like but no, but that shit was awesome. Like as a kid, as an adult, like even to this day, like I could still enjoy Doraemon. I have no problem watching Doraemon at all so to hear that you know this is the legacy that Fuji- uh, fujiko uh left behind like well, his, his real name hiroshi fujimoto but he has different pen names different pseudonyms um depending on what he's working on um we'll call him uh, fujiko-san uh, from, from from this point on um thank you thank you to your family as well that's um you you really did bless our our childhoods like i, th- I think during the formative years of you know me being in elementary school through to like my middle school and high school experiences, Doraemon was always there. I would say Doraemon's number one in terms of um my hours upbringing. put into. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, sure, Pokemon, Digimon, they had their fair share of like yeah, like consuming my childhood. We but, also had like our One Pieces, our Dragon Balls too, but and Naruto's, but uh, Doraemon it, was it, like like tip top, hundred percent. It's it, it's so hard for me to pick like my favorite Doraemon movie because there's so many. It, it, I actually can't say it because they were all good in their own right. I, I if if you just pulled up like for example, if we, we watched the dinosaur one, would have loved it. Like the time Land Before Time esque one. If you watched the the Journey to the West one, they were all so fun to watch. And also like the gag manga, the original manga is also really good. Uh, I know a lot of people who don't know anything about Doraemon will not get this, but I'm sure Will did. Uh, will would. Uh, when I was reading Doraemon, there was a time in my life where I had a desk drawer, and I would open it and close it every once in a while, hoping that something would happen. Uh, but it never did, obviously. But every time there was like this moment where I was just like, maybe, maybe. And uh, yeah, like hearing about the passing really. Um, yeah, I mean, I got, I got, I was really saddened, obviously. But Doraemon is a very important thing for a lot of people, and Will and I are included in those people. Just from watching Doraemon, though, like. Did you end up liking or even wanting to eat Doriakis, the little red bean cakes? So I tried it. I didn't like it that I, much. I wasn't. I'm, okay, I'm not a huge fan of red bean. Not a huge fan. But my mom was like, "Oh, Doraemon likes it, and you like Doraemon, so you should eat it." And I ha- didn't have like the the nerves to tell my mom I actually didn't like it that much. I didn't hate it, but not really. So she kept buying it for me, and I was just like, "I got it." I got to eat it for Doraemon. You got to do it for Doraemon. <laughs> yeah, no, like, really, that's literally the logic that went through my mind. So, so like, that's the thing. You know, even with this passing um, of Fujiko-san, like, all we have are, are good, positive memories. And we, we do hope that the families, associates, and acquaintances that are connected uh, with Fujiko-san, that uh, everyone's getting on well, uh, that they're able to, to find peace at this time. Uh, and Fujiko-san, thank you very much. For everything you've done, um, we 
we've loved everything you've worked on. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, you're resting peacefully, uh, and uh, we hope that uh, the future us, the future weebs around the world, will be able to carry on your legacy as well. Yeah. So I think that wraps up what we've been reading and watching and our new segment. Surprisingly, when Will and I, uh, before we started recording, I was kind of lamenting to Will that was like... Oh, we're kind of light on news. We were kind of huh? light on like the amount of stuff to talk about. And then Will... But because we're podcasters and we enjoy talking about manga and anime, like, oh, we got we don't have enough to talk about? Fine, we'll just talk more about what we like then. We'll talk more about Goodbye Airy. We'll talk more about Witch Atelier. We'll just, we, oh, you, you, you finished watching uh, Magic Power Omnipotent? Fuck. Dude, tell me more about it. Maybe I'll check it out too. Yeah, so it was just really uh, funny that uh, Will saw it from a mile away and I was just like unconvinced. And here we are almost around the same runtime as like our previous season where it's just full, chalked full with new stories and reading, watching stuff. So, And we still got a lot to look forward to in the next part of our recording as well. So we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to grab a lunch. And then afterwards, we're going to be talking about today's discussion topic, which is our anime cleanups. So we'll catch you after this break. Peace. up everybody and welcome back to the second half of this episode of the good anime palette podcast will do we actually say the episode number uh oh we didn't so this <laughs> is episode number 32 oh, uh, shit, i forgot this time uh, it's that's all good uh this is episode number 32 uh i am your co-host jason i'm joined as always as usual with will over here i'm so fucking full <laughs> we just had lunch and i i'm still reeling from the amount of food i ate the day before so i'm struggling but i'll i'll, I'll keep myself together uh, should still be fine for i today. think when uh you say that or like oh we had a lot to eat it during our break or when you say we have an awesome uh topic for you today that's when i have a mental checklist in my head and being like oh, okay everything's good yeah the no, fact the- that it's it's a good episode. We got a good topic, and we're well fed. Like as long as we meet those three, uh, and of course that you're fully awake as well, then the, today's gonna be an awesome recording. All right, so we are now going to go into our main discussion topic, which is not a theme or anything, but kind of the episodic thing that we have only done once before, but is going to be an ongoing segment that we will do every podcast season. Which in this case, uh, we have dubbed it the GAP Anime Closet Cleanup. So we have done this once before. I forgot which episode it was. I think it was like episode 13 or 14. The one, one, of, the, one of those. Uh, but uh, what we did uh, is a bunch of shows on Will's plan to watch list and my plan to watch list. We kept accumulating a bunch of them. And we thought that as kind of like a a segment where we can both talk about these weird mishmash of shows and also not have to have a kind of theme that ties a bunch of shows together. And also to clear up our list, we decided to then therefore have this kind of episodic format where all we do is clean up, literally, our anime list. Oh, it was episode 18. Oh, episode 18. Great. So it's legal. 
Yes. Uh, well, depending on which countries you're in. But uh, that's for another topic at all entirely. Um, so the usual format is uh, we would have a set amount of shows to pick from. So it would be five from my from my uh, watch list along with five from Jason's uh, to watch list. And then the same for Jason. And then pick two series or like two to three curves worth of uh, anime from each hat. We get them as like the, the confirmed selections watch them, review them, and then we discuss our impressions and thoughts of the different series or even movies uh, that we ended up picking out of the hat. So uh, do you want a quick remi- uh, reminder of what you picked last time? Right. I okay. pulled it up. So um, wh- wh- wait, you mean last time or for today's episode? Well, for last time. So the last time when we did the cleanup, uh, we both had four things to watch. So from my side, I discussed Jahaya Fudu, uh, Daily Lives of High School Boys, as well as Kakushi Goto and Kyosugiga. For Jason, he had uh, Eden of the East or Higashi no Eden, Haibane Reme, Honey and Clover, and Nodame Kantabile. Now, of course, I realized that two of the four you watched were double curves, so you pretty much had like well over 60 episodes of anime to watch. That was always tough, so we had to sort of rejigger the uh, stipulations uh, for future episodes because it's just it's just really hard to expect uh, either one of us to watch that many episodes of anime whilst on top of that doing research for other series, for other themes. Um, so we, we've kept to the point where it's four or five curves? Five curves with a movie counting as one cur. But also, uh, unfortunately, uh, to this day, I have not finished Honey and Clover and Nodame Katsubile, the they're, first they're season. long series, though. So, um, but obviously, I do plan on finishing it. Of course, it comes to a matter of when, but that's like the age-old question for me with a lot of things. So this time around, Will has gotten four shows. I have also gotten four shows, and we picked well, it like well, several... Three shows, one movie. That's what All we right. went for this for this episode. Four things to yeah. watch for each of us, and we picked them randomly live while we record a couple of episodes ago. And just to reiterate, Will's uh, chosen four are Golden Time, Silver Spoon, Aha Girl, and Prison School. For me, it is Aria the Animation, The Garden of Words, Heaven's Lost Property, and Nisekoi. Now... Some of the seas- some of the series that you watch, for example, like Arya, uh, I believe uh, Nisikoi as well. That there's there's more than one season. Um, so the the stipulation I mean, is- for you last time is yeah. Also, so the yeah. stipulation is of course just to watch the first season. But if you so choose to do so, you can always continue. So of course you can go beyond Arya the animation. I think is it is it natural or origination that comes uh, after? It is Arya the animation, Arya the natural, Arya the origination, and then there's a. A I fourth mean, one, right? And more, but yeah. Yeah. So same thing. If you if you watch the first season, it's fine. You don't have to watch the subsequent ones, but in some cases, if they're really good and you do really buy with it, why the hell not? Continue watching away. We are also not necessarily obligated to finish all of it because clearly I haven't, but we would try our best to at least finish enough that we can confidently give you a very good assessment of how we feel about the shows. So... Will and I are now going to go, you know, alternating in terms of uh, the shows that we will talk about. Will, do you have a preference as to who to start and which one to talk about first? I don't mind going first um, because I want to get I think what I'll do is I'll go from the hmm, 
I guess I did watch this show all the way through to the okay now this is probably going to be in like a top 10 list at some point for me in the future so I'm gonna start this off with Aho Girl yeah okay Aho Girl was uh, it was an interesting pick because it kind of went against the grain in terms of the other stuff I'm currently watching at least for this cleanup uh, so it is a 12 episode series but it's got an asterisk on it because it is 12 episodes but each episode is a half so i think it's 10 11 minutes each episode because they usually have like uh one or two skits uh that is like the main sort of focus within each episode so uh, in terms of the manga source it is a four coma or four panel manga written by hiroyuki uh also known as the guy that did girlfriend girlfriend is it a guy or a girl i don't remember uh don't uh, know published by uh kodansha as well as english published by kodansha usa so the anime came out in september 2017 uh produced by studio Dio media the studio we actually mentioned earlier today uh and uh we won't. I'm not going to go over into the mouse stats. I'll, I'll use them later to sort of reaffirm certain points I'm making uh, because I'd rather I talk more about what my experience with watching Aho Girl was and then reading the stats and seeing how they match up. So Aho Girl is a high school comedy that focuses on, as you might expect, an Aho Girl or just a general dumbass uh, that uh, kind of gets into random hijinks and... Uh, unfortunate events for the most part like i wouldn't say really unfortunate i think because a lot of the stuff is kind of caused by her own inability to think for herself and think for others um the aho girl itself is is the, probably the most on point name for a series uh so the main girl her name is uh, yoshiko uh and um just just plain and simple she's a fucking moron I, the, the the blurb, the synopsis on my anime list is that Yoshiko is an idiot beyond all relief, uh, all belief. Um, she does not score well on tests. In fact, she doesn't even score at all. She's got more zeros uh, than most billionaires in their bank accounts. Uh, and for some reason, she has this real crazy obsession over bananas. Um, I, I'll probably just say because it's not really a spoiler. As a kid, she ate a banana. She really liked it. And therefore, that's pretty much one of her uh, only things in life that she actually cares about outside of having fun. Um, she has a childhood friend named uh, Akatsu, uh, Akatsu Akuru, but uh, she just knows him as Akun. And uh, through misinterpretations and self-confidence, she truly believes that this childhood friend Akun has always been in love with her. And no matter what, she has to do things to, to please him, whether that is to... Um, be lewd and cultured around him or to lead him into certain situations that uh, allow for more intimate moments but when in reality he just wants nothing to do with her and she try he just tries to get away from any level of stupidity that Yoshiko tries to, to put on him uh, there are other characters in there as well of course there's uh, other classmates uh, that uh, you know eventually become friends uh, there's a really cute dog in the uh, in the show as well, I forgot the dog's name. Probably one of the only characters I actually do like uh, in the series. As a twelve episode series, with each episode being only ten minutes long, altogether it it really, if you watch them all back to back, takes about two hours to finish the whole thing. Um, however, it it did feel kind of long trying to watch this, and I really have to reiterate this: Aho Girl 
requires no thinking whatsoever. As in, if you try to think, if you try to have any semblance of thought whilst watching Aho Girl, you will immediately be lost with it and you just probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. It is a show that requires zero brain power. You absolutely have to turn your brain off. Like, actually get to an idiot level to fully appreciate it. Okay, now, like, I'm not going to go, like, full, full hardcore, like, shitting on it. There are certain episodes that actually do have some good skits, some very memorable ones. Um, I have to be quite honest, though. This probably wasn't the greatest of anime cleanups I've done in terms of a series. Uh, I ended up giving it a six out of ten, mostly because of the fact that I've, I've watched a fair amount of high school comedies that are like very slapstick, very absurdist, and at, at times uh, very stupid, right? Like I've watched Psyche K, I've watched Asobi Asobase, I've watched some Setsukai Yakuin Domo, the um, student council anime. Uh, there's a lot of good comedy that occasionally can fall flat because not all comedy translates across generation to generation, culture to culture, uh, and specifically when it comes to Japanese high school settings, it doesn't necessarily mean that me coming in from a Western, like American, British kind of educational background, I don't necessarily understand some of the cultural hijinks that they get into, uh, but you can still try to appreciate it. Aha Girl doesn't really fall in that ballpark. There are times when I was just feeling it was very cringe or I wasn't really vibing with the kind of humor they were going for. But when it does work, there are, I think, at least two skits that I felt was like, you know what? No, this was good. It's what stopped it from going below a six. But generally, I felt that this really does have to be something that you're willing to put up with, that you're willing to just turn your brain off, stare at the screen for an hour or two, and... Find some amusement out of it. Find some enjoyment out of it. I, I I think you've watched it before, right? You've watched all of it as well, Jason? Yes, I have watched all of it. I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10, uh, mostly for the same reasons and criticisms that you have. But but before that, uh, Will, just take a wild guess the name of the dog. Like, just try. And also... Was it... Was it... Don't think too hard. Was it is, Inu? Is, is it yes, dog? It was it is, dog, right? Yes. The dog is called Inu, which also means dog or hound. So dog is called dog. Cause I remember that because in that episode, uh, Yoshiko was like, why would I call? Well, why would I give the dog a name? The dog's a dog because it's called a dog. And like, they spend like five minutes trying to explain, well, like names help to give you association to uh, a specific person or specific thing therefore like calling a dog a dog is not really giving it a name you're just calling it what it is like but it is a dog so why would i not call it like, oh why don't i just call it a cat then or it's like but, and then that's the kind but it's of it's a dog <laughs> that's, that's 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 the kind of humor that it gets into it works for some it doesn't work for some i i was very much on the fence with it at most times sometimes i've fallen off the fence um look it, it, this could work for you i think that because it is only 12 episodes each would be only 10 minutes it's not the hardest to get into it's just it depends on whether you will be able to finish it that that's the main challenge there um i got through all, ep- all 12 episodes I, I i was okay with it you know we were talking earlier about like sevens and sixes and defending sevens and all that this is a case where it's like yeah, you know what? This is the first time I've given a six or something and I actually finished it. So there's some props, I guess. But it it, it literally is like 
the, the name on the can. Like you see the name Aho Girl, it is about an Aho Girl. If that's your thing, go for it. It it it's it, it, it could work for you. I think um <clears throat> uh Yoshiko's mom. It, I mean I think all of the characters are very like cookie cutter tropes. But one of the things why I would not give it a six in the end and gave it a seven was not only because, well, some of the things were actually okay and funny, but I just had to give it props for just being unabashedly stupid, moronically dumb. Doesn't mean that like other people should give it a pass because of that. And I didn't either. But there was just something about it that was just like, y'all are dumb. And then Aho Girl's looking at me like, yeah, we are. Like, really. Like, no, like there's no joke. Yeah. Don't we are dumb. Don't don't try and like get like some meta high level thinking out of this kind of series. No, like it is a girl that is stupid as hell, set in a series about stupid shit. And if it works for you, it works for you. It kinda worked for me. I I I I I'm I'm glad to say that I watched it at least. There, that that's what I'll say. Yeah, I also agree. Uh, I think it's it's fine, really. That's that that's really it. Unfortunately, uh, nothing much to add there. All right, so that is your first uh, cleanup and your assessment of it, which I think is pretty accurate based off of how I feel about it as well. My first uh, show that I'm going to talk about for my anime cleanup is Aria the Animation. Now, uh, this is based off of the manga of the same name by Kazue Amano, who did the story and the art. It is a manga series that has a lot of volumes. I think the sequel is called Aqua, and then it starts with A, basically. Uh, It's one of those shows that has always been well-known to me, at least, that uh, when it comes to slice of life and a chill pace, this is the show to watch. It's a really old show. It premiered, uh, at least uh, Aria the Animation, which is the first season, premiered in fall 2005, produced by Hal Filmmaker. So just think about that name. Have you ever heard of it nowadays? No, because, well, I don't know what they have done, but that's how far back we're talking about. And Aria is about this city on Mars, because in this world, Interplanet traveling is possible and is a part of people's daily lives. On this planet, they have Neo Vientia, I think. It's basically New Venice. And if you know anything about Venice on Earth, as in real life Earth, it's it's a water is a city dominated by water. There's gondolas, and this story takes place with the main characters being part of these gondola companies. And uh, they literally take people from place to place within the city of New Venice. I'm just going to say New Venice instead of the, the actual term. Neo Venezia. Yeah. Calbella. So it, 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 when you say New Venice the being on Mars, like, do you see any sort of like similarity to IRL Venice? Or yes. Is, is, okay. The architecture and everything, it looks exactly like uh, what you would expect out of Venice, except there are airships and also weird float floating sus- air suspending devices that keep the planet warm. That's uh, yeah. 
I, th- I think one of the things as well, when you're reading the synopsis, when you're watching it, when you're trying to understand the vibe of Aria the animation, I think like you put it perfectly. There, there is no vibe to Aria the animation. Aria is a vibe. That, yeah. Like generally, everything is constructed together. Where we know you're just watching girls pushing tourists around on gondolas and you're just seeing cityscapes and people moving along with your lives. It sounds slice of life, but is it really a slice of life? It sounds cute, but is it really cute? It sounds chill, but I mean, what else wouldn't be chill about it? So when you add it all together though, right? Like when you, it's, it's, it's greater than the sum of its parts in a sense that like it, if you just say this is a gondola anime. Okay, fine. It's a gondola anime, but like just talking about it like that does it a disservice. Yes, I think one of the defining features of Aria is the philosophical components of the show. Uh, It really, this show advocates a kind of laid back, chilled out approach to life, or at least try to convince you, the viewer, or if you read the manga, the reader, that the, the laid back lifestyle or having some laid back tendencies is not a bad thing. Furthermore, they show that, like, sometimes during these gondola rides, it's not necessarily, like, so deep. But every once in a while, there'll be nuggets of knowledge that are just, that resonates with you. Or, you know, words to live by that has a very laid-back, relaxing connotation. There is very few shows that I can say is the quintessential definition of chilled out. And this show, if anything, is like the start of that genre. Because back then, Slice of Life still existed. But Slice of Life, at least in my opinion, which is not necessarily actually the case, Slice of Life back then was very catering and pandering towards cute girls doing cute things. And here, they still have a very like big portion of that. But then they talk about like there was an episode where Arya has to send a letter to uh, a, a relative. And uh, obviously this letter has like a memory card cuz it's the future. But the letter reaches the destination but not in the way that you would expect and then they they talk about why and how and if whether or not they succeeded. And you would not expect that kind of deep, like, philosophical, in many ways heavy burden of a topic when you hear, like, guitar, piano, laid back, like, really, like, relaxing music. And then, like, on a gondola, like, in the middle of, like, the ocean, just chilling. Like, it's, it's this weird, but I really like it. And I understand. It, it sounds like there's a, there's a whole lot going on, but not a whole lot going on at the same time. It's like there's there's gondolas, there's floating systems, there's like bar, like life on Mars. There's letters that are sent out, but not in the form of paper and pen, but in form of memory cards and 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 and, and digital uh, digital digital deliveries. But at the same time, like a whole lot of nothing happens as well. Absolutely, I think there's one episode where uh, they have to find a place to have their lunch and that's it <laughs> look if you're a slice of life fan like that that kind of thing 
sounds hype as fuck. The, uh, so I don't think I understand. Like for me, it's like I don't really watch a lot of slice of life, but that, it, there's always that meme. It's like, oh, so like the grocery store arc is like fucking lit, right? It's like, but no, it is fucking lit. And of course, it's like that running meme, that joke. But then when you start watching more slice of life, and it's the simple things that do that go really fucking well, like like you said, just picking a place for lunch sounds like this could be a good ass episode and of course they do the checklist they have a beach episode already they already have an onsen episode already they have an episode dedicated to the mascot of the aria company which just so happens to all be cats because in this world cats are kind of like a good luck charm so of course you're gonna focus on you know the 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 pet the mascot because that's just what a slice of life show cute girls doing cute things do uh, the music is also really fantastic. And um, I cannot reiterate just what Will said of so much happens, yet nothing happens. And that's like the charm. And that's like the best thing I can say about it. I think that if you ever want to know where Slice of Life or Cute Girls doing cute things or just relaxing anime, this is like the the, the fairy godmother version of it. And uh, it's great. What was, I, the, what was your score at the end? Eight? Nine? I, I gave it an eight, but it's really an 8.5. So, uh, yeah, that's how I felt about it. If anything, the one thing that I learned is laid-backness is actually, like, not necessarily a bad thing. And it doesn't advocate. It's like, laid-back is, you should chill out. But, like, if you don't want to chill out, that's fine, too. Like, that kind of thing? Like, what? Okay. Like... All right. You you could watch Ari if you want. You don't have to, but if you want to, you're welcome to. Yeah, go come on, check it out. Oh, you don't want to? No, it's okay. Come back later. That kind of that yeah. kind of vibe. No, really, like that's the whole thing. Like, oh, you want to learn something? You don't have to. Oh, is it philosophical? Yeah, it could be. It is there if you want it. Like, it's just like, it's just like fine, fine. It, it's a just, vibe. It's a vibe. It, it, it is. It is. It is that right. serene. Okay, I should check it out then because yeah, I've I've had it on my to watch list for a long time as well. So if if you're vouching for and it, wait, it, it holds up well for like a 17 year old anime. Oh, okay, right? so uh, I forgot to mention that it is in four by three and uh, it is up res, but it's still a bit grainy. But it is perfectly watchable. It also features Alicia, which is one of the fairy godmothers of Ara Ara. In fact, um, I think Miho's mom in, in uh, Bakuman. Oh, I remember who you're talking about. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hear that person's voice, uh, Alicia, you'll be like, first of all, all like half of her lines are ara ara. That's it, and it's just like, okay, I'm sold. Okay, <laughs> say no more. I'm all down. Right. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, my second uh, cleanup. This one, I okay. We're entering territory now where I don't really have many bad things to say about the rest of my cleanup anime. In fact, these will probably rank in like top ten lists at some point. All three of these, like again, like Aho Girl wasn't just just wasn't really my thing. Not that it's bad; it just wasn't my thing. It could be totally someone else's thing. The show I'm gonna talk about next, though, is uh, it's a it's a romance comedy, uh, romance drama. Well, hmm. comedy, comedy, comedy is one of the right words to say because there are comedic segments, but it's more a drama than anything else. The series I'm talking about here is Golden Time. 
So Golden Time uh, as a source is a light novel written by Yuko Takemiya, uh, who's also worked on Toradora, which is a slice of life comedy that I actually really, really enjoy. Uh, it's published by ASCII or ASCII. Is it? I don't know. ASCII, yeah, yeah, ASCII. ASCII Media Works. Uh, and it also has a manga, uh, which is English published by Seven Seas Entertainment. So the anime adaptation came out in fall 2013. So about eight years ago, eight, nine years uh, and produced by JC Staff. Now say what you want about JC Staff and how they're not like great when it comes to animation, blah blah blah. But most of that really stems from doing One Punch Man season two uh, and a few other sort of adaptations of shonen series that didn't really translate well. But when you're doing dramas and comedies, anything romance related or even like historically related, JC Staff are a pretty good fucking studio at doing this kind of shit so the series has two curves 24 episodes total and it features uh, quite a few different stories there's like a main plot and a lot of b plots but the general like focus here is about a uh, a young man named uh banri banri tada or we just call him banri for anything uh he gets into a law school in tokyo so he's uh moved in from his uh, country life and is now living in the big city sounds very very familiar and typical right uh and as he's getting ready uh to begin his uh, his college life he bumps into this wonderful luxurious and beautiful woman named coco coco kaga We'll just call her Coco because it's a lot of just a lot of Co's and Ka's and Go's and Ga's in her name. So she is this beautiful woman that just shows up at the front of the school and has a bouquet of flowers. And Bonnie's just getting ready. He just met one of his classmates. They're getting along, talking, all good. Then Coco comes up with a bouquet of flowers and beats the shit out of the guy in front of her. Bonri just stands there, shocked. What the fuck is going on? Who is this beautiful woman? Why is she so angry? And then all of a sudden, she walks away and say, I'll call you later. You won't forget me, blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay, what, what what the fuck's happening? Turns out that there are a lot of kind of weird relationships going on in this world. The characters are always kind of like, oh, like really romantic related to, to, to one person or another, but they don't necessarily fall through on their, their emotions. Therefore, they don't really uphold certain relationship standards. And Bonri is just kind of like caught in between everything. He just got into this new school. He's just learning how to go on his own path of independence away from his country life and now living in the big city of Tokyo. He just wants to you know get his feet on the ground and really start choosing his path. He didn't necessarily need to then have a new like point and click adventure and start picking okay well i guess i will be friends with that person but then like if i'm friends with that person that would then break that relationship but then that person's also really nice to me so why do i need to do anything that is you know that's going to piss them off but really like i don't want any of these kind of weird dramas to get involved in my life blah blah blah, blah. and then within one episode boom the big plot line happens turns out that bonry has amnesia he doesn't remember who the fuck he is he just suddenly woke up one day feeling healthy and said, you know what? I'm going to go to law school. But he has no idea what happened in his past life. He just thinks that, you know, I had an accident. I'm trying to remember what I am. But for now, for the moment, I'm just going to go and live my life and try and pick things up. Then things start to fall into place. He starts recognizing people from his past. He starts doing things that give him deja vu. And he starts getting recollections of his past life where actually, you know what? I wasn't as lost 
as a person, I actually had a life back then, but there were a lot of forgotten relationships. There were a lot of regrets I carried on from my past life, and they start catching up with him. And then what you then see is a young man that's trying to get to grips of living his current life, but his past also catching up with him. And I'm usually not like that hot on rom-coms or romance dramas, I can comfortably say, though, that Golden Time is one of my favorites because there was a lot of really good will and good feel from watching this relationship blossom between Bonri and Coco and all the other friends and classmates that are involved within their little circle. You start seeing you know, what it means to actually be upfront and honest with someone, but also knowing when to, cut, when, when to hold back and do, then tell soft white lies. What it means that when your past catches up, does that change you as a person you are in the present? Or are you always like able to change your fates, no matter like what you've done in the past? It's, it's it's a gripping story. It's very, very well written. I like the characters. I don't have any issues whatsoever with any of the characters. Though there are a couple characters that I felt that the story kind of left by the wayside. And I would have liked to see them blossom a bit more. Actually delve deeper into their stories. Um, but given the fact that it's only two curves, it's a, it was always going to be hard to encapsulate every single person's story. The other point of criticism I do have about Golden Time actually kind of falls up on the not really focusing on the side characters. The main plot is fantastic. The B plots, on the other hand, and by B plots, I mean like the relationships of the other characters or when other friends and family members start interacting with the main characters. Those are not as well developed and i actually had like a, a really yeah. long discussion with jason i, about I remember this. this now yeah okay yeah no, no go on go on go right on. so because because we didn't think it's like like what does it mean for a romance drama or like a, a drama or a comedy in general where the main plot the main characters are so well done that you love that part of the series but when you have the supporting acts when you have the side plots that are kind of adding into the fluff of the overall show right you, you had a pretty good analogy it's like some sort of like cake with an icing or like a whatever it was uh okay uh while, while you talk i yeah, will i will sort it it's, out so essentially like you 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 are there for the main course you're there to see the main characters grow the relationship and strive towards a better future and it's just it's it's really wholesome it's really sweet yes there's lots of ups and downs and you're sometimes tears involved there's some angry moments but then at the end there's a peaceful resolution and everybody gets together and you're like oh this is so sweet i really really liked it that was what like that was where like it it, it pushed me to giving it like a nine out of ten territory I still hold by that thought of giving it a 9 out of 10, but I'm still also going to go a little bit in on why I thought that they should have at least given some spotlight to the side characters, to the fluff on the periphery. Okay, so uh, a couple of things first. Uh, Golden Time is massively popular, both in terms of its manga source and the anime. It's ranked 191 in terms of popularity, so... Of all the anime that has existed on the My Anime List database, this is ranked 191 in terms of popularity, which is saying quite a bit. The manga or the anime? The anime. Anime is 141. Oh, that's yeah. even better. Yeah. Uh, but the manga is also, I think it's more popular, actually. The oh, manga sorry, is 141. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, no, the manga is not that popular. Not that popular? 2912. That's that's still good to me. Uh, but yeah, like it, it, it definitely has a, a huge following. 
whether it's just in Japan, whether it's around the world. Um, it occasionally makes top 10 lists for people when it comes to um, waifus or best character, best ships, uh, or even just best storylines. But it doesn't have like a very, very clean slate in terms of criticisms. There are areas within the series that I felt that they should have spent more time fleshing out, namely the side characters. And as much as I wanted them to grow and actually have some impact on the main plot, they just didn't feel like they got a lot of attention. And that's that's the one regret I have about the series. Not that I made it, it's just I wish they actually gave it more time. So the analogy that Will was referencing earlier about icing and cake is the one that I mentioned to him, or I mentioned to anybody really, when it comes to shoujo uh, and in this particular topic, because I, I have it ready when he asked me, like, I just, like, laid it all out. I didn't even have to think. So if I were to attribute the main plot or the anime or show itself as the cake, the side characters are the icing. And in the case of having a good cake, if a cake is good, the cake is good. But if the icing was okay, in other words, the side characters are okay, you, it would just be like, fine, it's just a good cake with decent icing. If the icing is shit, though, but the cake is still good. Yeah, you can. You will still eat the cake probably, but you will remember when the icing is not that great. In other words, in this case, the supporting cast is not that great. But when the icing on the cake is really good and the cake is pretty good or extremely good, then it really stands out among a myriad of confectionery or cakes or sweets. Like At that point, you have the perfect cake. Yeah, so right. that's the analogy that I use when I need to explain to someone why, in my opinion, in a shoujo romance anime or manga, the side characters are almost more important than the main characters. Because usually the main characters, you spend a lot of time on them because they're the main character. You would expect them to be good, right? If the cake sucks, then it doesn't matter how good the icing is, really. Exactly. But when the cake is good and the icing is bad, you will have like this kind of like, oh, that kind of sucks because, yeah, it's still really good, but it's like missing something. But when the icing and the cake is good, you'll be like, hell yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am with Golden Time. The cake itself, like the whole the, the whole plot is is really well thought out and I really enjoyed it. There were some gimmicky parts, but like I'll let them let it slide because when you're starting to talk about amnesia and talk about time manipulation and pasts and presents and the and futures all clashing together yeah it does get a little finicky but i'll allow that as a pass but when it comes to not giving the side characters enough time to shine i felt that that was the step that golden time missed nonetheless though i still really enjoyed watching golden time in the end it was still a nine out of ten uh, I I would probably it's like a it, soft nine. Though, I would, right? It's it's it just about made a nine. I see. Just about. It was like if if I had to be like even more like you know semantic about it, it would be an eight point five. Uh, and I upscaled it because it, I still got like that personal enjoyment out of it too. So it, it was it, golden time is a good time. I always wanted to watch Golden Time or read Golden Time, but I kind of put it off because it was always like, oh, I'll save it for a rainy day. So when Will was given uh, the pick to watch it, I was like, oh, great. I can actually, like, at least have someone who will watch it and give me his or her take on it. So I'm really happy that, like, from all intents and purposes, it sounds like a fantastic anime. And 
everyone says so, but it's just like good to actually know someone and have them reiterate that opinion. Another thing that I would talk about that really stands out with this uh, Golden Time anime is the director and the script writer. Because the script... Uh, Chiaki Khan? So Chiaki Khan is the director. She's, first of all, uh, a woman, which is pretty, like, it's, it's less common. It's not that it's rare. It's just like you just don't expect to see it nowadays. It's it's probably it's definitely different now, but we're talking about like a couple years back. It's still something that was growing in the industry. And then uh, she is also well known to be the director for uh, Higurashi, almost all of it actually. Then the scriptwriter and serious composition is done by Fumihiko Shimo, which is very well known for being the script and composition series composition for Clanad and Clanad After Story, Fate Stay Night, Suzumiya, Kokoro Connect, Amagi Brilliant Park, goes on and on. So I thought like it was almost like the perfect anime to give to Will. I don't know if he, you knew about this, Will. I knew about Jackie Khan. I didn't know about the scriptwriter. Yeah, so I was like, Will likes all these shows, and I think it's warranted. This might be a very good next step for him. So I'm really glad that you actually enjoyed the living crap out of it. And I need to watch it, really. It, 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 was, it was a fun, fun watch. I really, really enjoyed watching it. So, yeah. Do you are... want to know the moment that I realized that I need to watch this at some point? What? I think I saw a YouTube clip of Bonri, I think is the name of the male yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, Bonri. There was, um, I don't know how spoilery this is because I literally watched it out of context. It was like a 30-second YouTube clip. The main female character, Coco, right? She tries to put on the moves on Banri, and then, normally speaking, if we go by typical anime trope, the guy would go like, hell yeah. But in this YouTube clip, Banri is like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to be treated like shit. Like, if you treat me like shit, I'm just going to walk, because that, that's not right. And I was just like, what? Wait, what? Yo, what? He stands his ground. And that actually happens, obviously, right? Yeah. The, so a, a lot of the tropes you see in Golden Time, like it pretty much exists in a lot of different romance shows, a lot of different shows as well. I'm not saying that Golden Time is any different. You will find that a lot of stuff comes part and parcel and standard uh, as with any other romance, any other drama. But that doesn't take it away from the fact that like I thoroughly enjoyed watching this this just great series uh if you ever get your hands on the light novel i'm sure you'll also enjoy that too so whether you want to read it or watch it i'm sure you'll have a great time with golden time uh, there is a there's a manga adaptation i have it so, so no, i mean as in there's a light novel for it. It's, it is a light novel yeah so then there was like if you want to read it or watch it okay whichever one is your take your pick speaking of rom-coms my next pick is probably I would say in the same tier in Golden Time in terms of being well-known. This is called Nisekoi, also known as Nisekoi colon false love. Yes, Nisekoi, like I've heard about for the longest time as well, but I never got around to watching it. So let's hear what you have to say, because I'm sure there's like a, there's a lot of connections with Nisekoi uh, and your love of a specific studio. So this is published in English by Viz Media because it premiered and serialized in Weekly Shonen Jump. There's 25 volumes all out in English. It is written by Makoto Shinkai, and it is the art is done by Midori Mitohashi. 
Now, I need Motohashi. to double... Uh, yeah, thank you. The anime, the first season, because there are two seasons, the first season is 20 episodes. It premiered in winter 2014. The second one premiered later on. I think it was 20... Like a year or two later. Like a year or two later. It's, it's shorter, too, right? Yeah, it's 12, 13 episodes. And um, it is produced by none other than Studio Shaft which is very well known for doing a bunch of shows, namely Madoka Magica, but also the Monogatari series. If you guys have been listening in our uh, Gotta Watch Them All segments, uh, you will know damn well how hard we go into Studio Shaft and the brilliance that is Monogatari. But we're not talking about Monogatari right now. We're going to be talking about Nisekoi. At least Jason is, not me. So Nisekoi is about a kid. Actually, not a kid. He's a high school student. Uh, so he's a Raku, kid, basically. Right. We're old as shit. Yeah, we're old as shit. Raku Ichijo, who happens to be... Wait, s- his name is Rakugo Ichigo? Raku Ichijo. Ichijo. Okay. That that still sounds pretty cool. Yes. His name. So he is the son of a Yakuza family. And one day, he realized that he had to get into a relationship with another person called uh, Chitoge uh, Kirisaki. And she is a half Japanese and I think German? A Western, basically. Half half Japanese, half foreigner. A halfu, okay. Halfu, yeah. And then her situation is she is the daughter of Western gangsters that have lived in Japan. And because the two families are feuding, the... What is this, some sort of like Romeo and Juliet kind of story? The two dads are like, we can't continue fighting, but we can't convince everyone to stop because they're all really gung-ho about it. But if our sons and da- our son and daughter were to be in a romantic relationship in terms of like putting up a front, then everyone will chill the fuck out because no one wants to stand in the way of their romance. Then... So this talks about false love because uh, Chitoge and Raku are in this relationship, but they hate each other's guts and they have to pretend to be lovey-dovey with each other. Then there is Raku who has a locket that he has kept with him since like 10-something years. And he has been waiting for someone to unlock that locket because... 10 or something years ago, he made a promise with a childhood friend who he doesn't remember the name or who she looks like, but just remembers that uh, they have made a promise. And uh, all of a sudden, there are people with keys, and he's like, who is my childhood friend who I technically promised to get married with, but I am in this relationship with Chitoge, that, but it's a fake relationship. But wait a second. This is all weird. What's going on? And that is, you said, Koi false love in terms of the storyline. So when you're talking about like relationships and rivalries and putting up fronts and having keys to unlock the next part of stories and sort of like unwinding this mystery that that came up from like stories of your past, particularly your childhood, like this, this kind of sounds a lot like how stories unfold 
in Monogatari. Of course, they're not the same, even if they are done by Studio Chef. But they, when you were talking about like the look and feel of Nisekoi, that you can't help but feel there's a lot of sort of like Shaftism. So the look of I I, I saw both seasons. I finished all of the anime of Nisekoi. They look like Monogatari in terms of their Shaftism, and what that means is, first of all. It is directed by the same person who directed most of the Monogatari series. Uh, let me see if I can find the name. Uh, Akiyuki Shinbo. And this person is well known for everything that are trademark characteristics of the Monogatari series, like the neck tilt snapping thing, the 3D backgrounds, the weird bird's eye view twirling, the kind of 3D rendering of furniture. Like, everything just looks like it, but now it's a rom-com instead of Monogatari, which is like this supernatural, harem, violent story. I mean, people get punched a lot but in Nisekoi, but it's more of like a, a gag. Like, you know, like physical Rather comedy. Rather someone actually being physically destroyed. Yeah. Now, if you like Shaftisms, absolutely the show is, like, fantastic in terms of visual aesthetics. If you do not, then don't watch this show, first of all. Because if you can't tolerate or you don't like Shaftism, which is fine, this is full of that. You will not like it. Now, the other thing that I will say is that the storyline is very, in many ways, generic. And that, to me, is not necessarily a deal-breaker because that's not a problem. In fact, if anything, there are a harem. And that love interest... They have each of the data types represented, which to reiterate would be Dandere, Yandere, Kudere, and Tsundere. And each data type is very obviously um, a certain color and a certain person. So you could not get any more tropey than that. You cannot. So, well, so, so the Yandere has to have pink hair then? No. Or, oh, okay. Uh, I, I won't say the color hair just in case. Uh, but. Uh, Yandere-ish is represented or at least what would be the equivalent because you can't really have a Yandere in a rom-com kind of without having it being twisted. Like right? a, a soft Yandere. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, sure. More like an obsessive kind of Dere type? Well, yeah, cause, cause for again, sure. Because again, like we've talked about this in our Dere episode, there are a lot of subsects, a lot of different um, like forms of a Yandere, a yeah. Kudere, and so on. This Yandere is willing to manipulate and twist facts in order to get what she wants, or the love and affection of the love interest, which in this case is Raku. Which I actually think is more of like a high-level Yandere, rather than just straight up saying, like, if you don't love me, I will kill everyone else around you. Like, that's like just very blasé, straightforward Yandere. But when you get to, like, very, like, philosophical, very manipulative, and very, very much, like, mind-bending kind of manipulation and obsession like I, that's why i appreciate more in a yandere than just the ar- archetypal i will stab your loved ones if you don't love me kind of yandere now another thing that i knew about nisekoi before i watched nisekoi was kanahana's performance as one of the characters namely uh onodera is the name of that character at, at this point we might as well just expect that if there is like an anime that kanahana has some form of affiliation or participation in it um, I, I mean, like some of my picks later, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking more about Kanahana later. I will say this right now. Of all the Kanahana roles that she has played that I have consumed, Onodera is far and away the best 
performance that she has done hands down. Ooh, I'm going to have to contest you on that later. Now, but I, again, it, I, it's, all, it's all subjective. It is. But I also was like ready to hate on it, you know, like ready to hate on that fact or prove everyone wrong and be a hipster about it. But then I was like, this performance is actually really good. Wow. It's actually really, really good. Wow. And um, so she deserves, Kanahana deserves special props for sure. The other thing that I would say is the first season is 20 episodes, and they do very well in terms of integrating new layers, new twists and turns, new people showing up, and it's great. The second season is only 12, 13 episodes, and here is when we get into a bit of an issue, which is it does the Horimiya thing, except it's the Horimiya the manga and not the anime, which is Horimiya the manga in the middle chunk, the huge middle chunk, turns into a very slice-of-life, comedy-oriented manga. And the anime, as you know, doesn't really have, has some of that, but doesn't have a lot of that. But they cover all the major beats. Nisekoi Season 2 is like, okay, we introduced the cast, you all know them. Now let's put them in weird slice-of-life situations. Introduce maybe some characters here or there, but in terms of progressing the actual plot of the story, which is who is this mysterious childhood friend who has the key to Raku's locket? What hap- what's the story with that? And so on and so forth. That actually goes to the sidelines. So and it feels like a, like a spinoff? No, no. It just feels like this is like your ragtag group of people doing stuff and advancing the plot ever so slowly. So enough for you to watch the next episode, but not enough for you to actually learn anything new, right? And that's... It sounds like it's like a step above a filler arc. It is. Okay. It really is. That's It's like a one step above filler arc. In fact, I would argue it is a filler arc. And I think a lot of people criticize season two and uh, because of that, and I am one of those people as well. However, I think in, in general, in summary... Nisekoi is definitely worth watching, especially if you like the Shaftisms that Studio Shaft is well known for. Uh, the performances are great in general, but Kanahana is really good in her performance. And even though season two is more of like a filler arc, it's still pretty good. And I would give Nisekoi season one an eight out of 10. And Nisekoi season two is 7.5 to eight out of 10. So an eight out of ten for both, like basically. an overall package. Like it, it's all definitely worth watching, uh, even more so if you're down with shaftisms. Yeah, and here's the problem now, which is I really want to finish Nisekoi the manga, but then I also have my little monster. I have say I love you. I have so many shoujo mangas that I need to finish, so then I can finish the whole series and get some sort of closure. And now I just have a new one being Nisekoi. So it's like. Oh god, that's gonna be tough because um, and then I have domestic girlfriends, so it's like oh god. My little monster is fucking great. It sounds like Nisekoi is great. Um, you you already know how much I fucking love domestic girlfriends. So uh, yeah, you got a lot on your hands, a lot of shit to read. Yeah, I know, and I've already like done stupid tangents. But anime manga is great, right? Anime manga is great. They all deserve some sort of spotlight anyway. So, hey, like take the time you need to to catch up with whichever series, whichever manga you're watching or reading. You got to spoon feed me that shit, you know? Yeah, well, okay. So you're you're doing that as a segue? God damn. Hate you on that one. Before I even wanted to get into it, 
that first though, right? So like it wasn't that long ago, and I think I mentioned this already a couple times um, that I usually just didn't watch Slice of Life. I didn't really watch a lot of slow paced kind of more just chill anime and, and and manga. It was always more like fast, like shonen action paced, a lot of very dark and edgy and violent shit, right? Like for example, um, like Devilman Crybaby or Tokyo Ghoul, uh, Devilman, uh, uh, no, uh, Deadman Wonderland, the manga, not the anime. I think uh, Akudama Drive is like a very good recent example of your tastes yeah. back then. I mean, you still have those tendencies, and they're great Kengen shows. Ashra as well. Great shows, for sure. Right? But when it came to the more slow-paced, chill kind of anime and manga, it wasn't necessarily something I got into. It wasn't like I did. I mean, shit, like, like I'm the reason why you watched that Kanye Clover and the Devil Kinti in the first place. But that was like 10, 15 years ago. And the exception to the rule, right? So then all of a sudden, you know, I start, you know, reading and watching more sort of, you know, food-based shows, starting to talk more about, uh, like, romance dramas, or even just people just doing regular shit, whether it is owning a coffee shop or going off and learning how to, uh, you know, do archery, shit like that. Not necessarily actually participating in a sport, but understanding the art and craft behind, you know, historic Japanese archery. So then Jason's like, well, you like food. You like, you know, you're starting to get into some slice of life stuff. Why don't you check out Gin no Saji? Or, in English, Silver Spoon. So Silver Spoon, like this one, I was really hyped to watch for the longest time. Because like, based on how you're describing it, I knew I would enjoy it. But because it was also slated on my, uh, like my, my anime closet cleanup, uh, list, I decided, you know what, like, I'm just gonna, like, bet on luck and hope that I'm able to draw that, uh, that show so I can watch it. And lo and behold, when we were doing the live draft, I managed to get Silver Spoon. So there's some background information. It's, uh, based on a manga of the same name, written by Hiromu, uh, Hiromu Arakawa, who actually also wrote Full Metal Alchemist. Wait, what? What is Full Metal Alchemist? Uh, it's some classic anime that uh, people were really, really hyped on. I think I got like a uh, a revamp uh, with um, the Brotherhood. Oh, series. it's that show about dogs, right? Dogs and and, and like uh, and scientists and um, like uh, scientists' and, daughters and, and and fathers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, if you if you want to check it out, I guess you can. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was published by Chicago Gun, uh, and uh, the English. Uh, there's actually two different uh, English publishers depending on region. Uh, so in North America, Yen Press, and in Asia, it is Chicago uh, Gun Asia, which is based in Singapore. Uh, so there were two seasons. Season one was premiered in summer 2013, winter 2014 for the second season. Uh, one of the best parts of it is it's produced by A1 Pictures. And y'all already know how much I fucking love A1. Because a lot of the series I really love, especially the Slice of Life romance stuff, it's all A1. Uh, both seasons are, are like a standard cur. 11 episodes per season, so 22 total. Um, Mal scores, great. But I think... Eight pluses, basically. Yeah, That's but, all you need to know. My opinion, and of course Jason's opinion, uh, is going to be a lot more like in-depth with it because just, just the numbers alone don't really explain everything. So Silver Spoon is a agriculture-based slice of life. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? <laughs> Literally, the main character, Yugo Hachiken, we'll call him Ken, 
uh, Aitken. Yeah, uh, you, you call him Aitken. That's how that's how stupid. Yeah, uh, is. he uh, had always been like trying to you know just get on with his life, but always living under the pressure of his very very overbearing father, who felt that he just needed to keep exceeding expectations, be better than who he is. But because he doesn't necessarily know which direction he wants to take in life, he's always left disappointed that his son is not meeting those expectations and then in the end one day he cracks under pressure it's like you know what no like i want to decide my own life fuck this school fuck the stuff i'm doing i don't want to do this shit anymore i'm gonna get the fuck out of tokyo i'm gonna go to the countryside of hokkaido now if anybody's ever lived or even been in hokkaido y'all know that that area of japan northern japan is huge as fuck it is barren as hell because there's all it's not just snow Right when the winter season passes and it's spring and summer, it is a fucking huge forest. There's lots of lush green mountainous regions, which is perfect for raising agricultural resources, particularly cattle. That's why whenever you see a lot of Japanese milk, it's always from Hokkaido because they're rich with dairy products. So Hachiken decides that you know what I'm going to enroll in an agricultural high school, Oezo. Uh, it's a boarding school in the Hokkaido countryside, and he essentially didn't do it because he wanted to learn how to be a farmer or how to get into agricultural studies. He just wanted to get the fuck away from his parents and li- leave that stress behind. Now, he was kind of like convinced that, oh, you know, like I'm well-to-do, I'm smart, I'm going to be able to ace this kind of institution. Wrong. Wrong, because you're not just trying to be book smart. You also have to learn how to raise livestock. You also have to understand the food chain. You also have to know what it means to get into the business side of the agricultural world. So knowing supply chains, knowing suppliers, knowing how to get in contact with clients, especially restaurants and hotels, knowing that you always have to have a constant supply and demand of the products that you are producing. And therefore, he realizes, actually, you know what? Like, I might be book smart, but I'm a complete doofus when it comes to knowing how to deal with the harsh realities of agricultural life, particularly when it comes to livestock, because what you think? The, the steak you have comes in steak form? No, that was once a living animal. And you got to know what to do when you need to process an animal into food. And it's that element of Silver Spoon that I was really, really, really happy with because it's not like cookie-cutter, like simple, sugar-coated shit. It's not just, oh, we're just going to raise a cow and make butter. No. That, that, that pig you're raising... Yeah, you know it's going to become bacon at some point. It's going to turn into food. So don't get attached to it. But because you're also raising a live animal and you spend so much time caring for it because a happy animal produces happy food, good food, you're going to eventually get attached to the very thing you're going to be killing and eating later on. Hey, don't name your animals. Don't do not. Don't. But to be fair, whenever I... Whenever I go to like a seafood restaurant and like I always pick out a lobster or a crab to eat. Yeah, but that's I, different. I, you, I, I, that's you as I, the consumer. I, I right? always, I always name them, so I always say, "Oh, it's Larry and Corey, my lobster and crab." And now I say, "Oh, Larry and Corey taste really good, right?" But again, like crustaceans, animals, with everything, like it's it's very different when you're just consuming. When you're actually raising them, though, like this guy has been raising them for months, years, and then all of a sudden, yeah, the yeah that pig you're raising, uh, he's gonna turn into spare ribs. Wait, uh, my, 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 my pet pig. No, there's not your pet pig. Why, why are you naming your animals? Like, you know, this is all just like 
part of the food chain. Oh, okay. And 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 it, it, it it's that distortion between a comfortable environment and harsh realities of a world that you do not have any belonging to, but wanting to do the best you can because the fact that you want to leave behind the stresses of the world that you lived in before and try new things. It 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 it, it felt very fulfilling to watch Hachiken end up actually being able to buckle down and get on with things because he knew that if he was to be successful, even if he knew he was book smart, he still had to get his hands dirty and actually like start appreciating the things around him, start to foster like new dreams. He wasn't just there to get away from stress. He still wanted to find out who he is as a person and through all the different experiences of working on a farm, learning about agricultural studies and building relationships with people who are entrenched with that side of business, it was a wonderful watch. And all the characters are fucking great. It's I great. I don't have any bad characters. Like, I, I think like Bo, Jason, and my like favorite characters in the in, in the series are probably the same. Tamako, Tamako is my is, favorite. Tamako's great. Um, the 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 horse trainer, um, the one who makes cheese, the Buddha ear guy. He's uh, also the principal is really good. The principal's great too. There really was no bad character. No, it, there it, isn't. Because every character is a very real representation of that very thing that their their character is written to be. You know, you got that city boy who's learning about country lifestyles and not fitting in. Yeah, that's the thing that I'll like really resonated with probably you and I, which is. We are both city boys, and have you ever like slaughtered an animal for food? Yes. Did you enjoy it? No. Right. I mean, <laughs> I went. I went to the Midwest to a school that is not necessarily the best in agricultural science, but has a very big agricultural agricultural science uh, Purdue University, and the kind of and hunting was like kind of like a common thing. Right? Yeah, and I and I did it like like a couple of times, and I learned, and I don't want to do it again, but like. I, I wanted to experience it once. But that kind of um, typical trope of city boy kind of being snobby about the boondocks, about the rural lifestyle, and then going there, and then at first just... Because 8Ken just really doesn't like it in the beginning. Like, you have to get up early. You have to deal with manure and fertilizer. And it's just, it's just like you have to get down and dirty literally. So right. I actually do have a bit of a story for that because one, one of the episodes, actually very early on, I think it's the first episode, actually there was a lot of similarity of my own experience because um, on my mom's side, uh, my basically my family lineage uh, traces back to southern China uh, in the, the Huifang area of, uh, of, of the Guang, uh, Guangdong province. So one day when I was like, 12 13 uh my mom's like oh you know what we're gonna go visit you know my family back in china so we decided okay sure let's go i was thinking oh they probably have some sort of like country house it's gonna be nice you know be able to relax and chill turns out that they actually own plots of land within southern china and the house is essentially a large farm so you can imagine the haystacks uh, chicken coops uh cows uh, cattle uh, grazing the the fields and everything smelt awful like the the smell of all the 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 phosphorus from all the different um fertilizers 
the manure and everything was just crazy. And then the fact that like, like there wasn't a lot of running electricity at the time. Again, this is still like relatively rural China, um, so therefore it wasn't like everything was running on air conditioning and and and, and water heaters and all that. No, they, they had to they you know use their own hands and any means to be able to continue living what they would have de- deemed uh, an ordinary life. Very extraordinary for me, out of the ordinary, I, I would say. And I remember waking up the next day. I was like, "Man, this place is terrible." Like, I I live. I, I took a lot of things for granted. I like having soft linen. I like having air conditioning. I like having hot running water whenever I need it. I didn't have to go and boil water myself. And then one day in the morning, my mom was like, "Oh, let's go grab breakfast." Okay, fine, whatever. Like, just get this over with. And uh, my aunt on my mom's side then brings out these fresh eggs, like eggs that were like collected and uh, from from the chicken coop right next door. And they were the best tasting eggs that I ever had. Did they have uh, bird poop on it? This they were. There yes, you they go. did. There but you it go. was like this really did come out of a chicken. And they think that how chicken has that realization too. It's like this thing just shat out an egg. It's like the fuck. This is normal. Where the fuck do you think eggs come from? And that was like thinking back on it now. It's like I'm not saying that I have the same experience. I didn't go to agricultural school, but I did live on a farm for a couple of days. And the harsh realities that he had to come to face with, and actually realize that hey, actually this life is pretty, pretty normal, pretty chill. And I actually do appreciate and like it. Like I've lived that kind of experience too. Um, I, I think yeah, that it really laid into why I liked Silver Boom so much because it's a very real depiction of what a city boy would do when you go into the most rural ass place ever but also learn that the harsh realities of that life are not that different from what you would have back in the city they all carry their own stresses they all they all carry their own troubles uh financial responsibilities path of growth as well and it, it, it was just a story that despite being a city boy myself and not really having that much agricultural exposure i really 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 enjoyed it it's close to being a top 10 for me. Both seasons were fantastic. I think I gave them both nines. Yeah, uh, for me as well, both seasons were a 9 out of 10. Uh, before, if uh, I hope Will didn't forget, the food animation quality shown in all of Silver Spoon is fantastic. We, we, we won't say what food they make because those in itself are like really fucking good episodes, but like watch it. It's great. Right, it's not food wars level. In fact, it's like a whole different kind of thing. I think like if food wars is like your uh, pop music shonen, you know, variety, Silver Spoon is like the real shit, the the good shit. Food wars is Master Chef, but like, you ever watch like Food Inc. or any of those kind of food documentaries? Like you take away the the, the the harsh, like fucked up parts of it, and you just watch like the the beautiful kind of like, oh, this is a chicken egg. Oh, we're gonna go fry the egg. Oh, this is what it means to go from farm to table. That's what Silver Spoon is in terms of the food element. Oh, it was, it, it's 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 great. It it's really fucking good. All right, so that is Will and my heavy endorsement for Silver Spoon. Uh, this next show that I'm going to talk about for my cleanup is going to be real quick, okay? It's called Heaven's Lost Property. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, disclaimer, I, I did kind of put that on Jason like on the spot because what happened was that we made a little bit of a mistake within our picks. We had watched stuff that had actually existed on our 
to watch lists as part of these cleanup episodes. Therefore, originally I was supposed to watch Land of Lustrous for this, but because I already previously watched it, it got replaced with Golden Time, which is a fantastic pick. For Jason, he was supposed to watch... Um, uh, ah, it was um, Jobless. Jobless Reincarnation, which I could say. So then I just... Uh, you know Retroactively, what? Like, yeah. For me, I was like, uh, well, I don't really have that much on my to-watch list that you haven't already watched. So here, I'll just pick some random stuff. I looked under the harem tag on my anime list, then picked four, put him into a little makeshift battle royale, and Heaven's Lost Property won out. Um, I don't know if my gamble paid off, um, but I guess we'll have a couple minutes of Jason's time to see if it worked. So uh, also, as an aside, uh, if we were to consume any of the shows that are on our cleanup list and it's locked in, uh, the stipulation that Will and I have agreed upon is the other person will then decide what the other person has to watch and there's nothing he can do about yeah, it. Yeah, it's essentially a forfeit, yeah. Yes. All right, so Heaven's Lost Property is based off of the manga of the same name by Su Minazuki. The manga is not published in English to my knowledge, but it is rated on my anime list really highly with an 8.20. Premiered in fall 2019, uh, 2009, I was about to say 2019, 2009. Produced by AIC Asta. Not, not a very well-known studio, but I think at the time they had done like some other sort of like edgy-esque shows. They've also done some sports adaptations as well. Uh, but they're, they're not like, they're not a huge studio. They might have a reputation in Japan, but outside Japan, like, I don't think many people really know about them. I don't like Heaven's Lost Property. Uh, I didn't even finish the one cur. How far do you get into it? I think it's, it's 12 episodes, right? Uh, let me see. I have finished seven of thirteen episodes. At least you made it halfway. Now that doesn't that doesn't mean that there is no merits. That's not fair for both Heaven's Lost Property and my assessment. But I uh, don't really vibe with Heaven's Lost Property as well. It's not because the fact that it's about a guy who one day saw uh, a meteorite and then went to investigate then saw pretty much a naked angel decide and then the angel he takes her home because of course you do that i guess and then the next well, morning well, why wouldn't you right if she an angel wakes just showed up. up yeah and then the next morning she wakes up and it's like oh yo you're my master now and i'm just gonna call you master from now on and also you and i are now bonded by a chain and the chain is a collar around my neck and around your hand and it is, uh, I can hide it, but technically it's there. Uh, also, um, I have these cards that can literally bend and break the rules of reality such that um, if, for example, you want everyone to disappear, then I will do so. And that happens in the first episode. Or, hey, um, why don't, you know, I passed this test. I, I mean, this doesn't happen. But basically, the cards that uh, Ikaros has in her possession bends, adds like a rule of law into reality. And it's the hijinks of this guy because guess what? This guy's hella, hella perverted. In fact, one of the first things you see of the entire show is just panties and him kind of having a nosebleed. So, of course, like, that's the kind of show that you expect. 
and it's just a hijinks of this club called the Discovery Club, Science Discovery Club, World, no, sorry, New World Discovery Club, and they're hijinks with these angeloid beings, and the main character being Tomoki, kind of having this crazy, all-powerful being with these rule-altering reality cards. Okay. I'll just say this. Ikaros is basically Lucy from Elfin Lead. Except, um, yeah, that, that that's Violent really... as fuck? No. Docile as fuck, but when she uh, wants to be violent, uh, it obviously is not that grotesque and that kind of gory in Elfin Lead, but uh, yeah, people get messed up pretty bad. So, uh, this show is very weird in terms of their consistent plot. Do Do you think that it's a show that maybe didn't last the test of time? Like, yeah. if you had watched it maybe 10 years ago? Yeah, I think if I watched it as a teenager or if I was in a different headspace, this show would be pretty fun. And in many ways it is because it the things that they choose to leave out as plot holes and the things that they choose to leave in is so random and weird. So uh, first of all, as you might expect with like reality breaking like rule cards, right? You can really do crazy shit. But instead... Okay, I'm just going to spoil the second episode. One of the rules is whenever the main character sees panties of the of this girl, the panties will fly away. Like like in the sky, like a bird. And then that happens to every single girl. So what do you do? Well, they then spend the rest of the episode being like, "Okay. The rule is panties, right?" So why don't you just wear shorts? Oh, no, that doesn't work. Okay. It just disappears. Okay. Um, well, then, oh, the rule is the panties that Tomoki likes, the main character. So I was like, okay. So which panties is that? Well, we got to go panty shopping. And let's go panty shopping. Oh, uh, I wonder what happens next. Okay. And then it flies away. And uh, let's just say that that gets resolved. Then the girl gets super pissed, obviously, because, like, the fuck, right? Then she tells Ikaros to be like, give me one of those fucking cards. Ikaros is like, yeah, okay, because she's just this docile person. And she's like, if the main character sees any panties, it will literally explode. The next episode... I'm just going to spoil most of it now at this point. If you don't want to listen, <laughs> if you don't want to listen to it, if you don't want to listen to it, then, 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 then don't. Jason's gone off the rails. Okay. So the next episode is about the rule of whenever he sees panties, it explodes. Well, guess what? Because the rules have altered, all the panties that flew off are now flown back to the main character's house. But because he's looking at them, it explodes. So then now he has to not look at any panties. And guess what? They, they all explode and his house blows up. And then the next episode after that is how to fix his house. And I'm just like, you have reality breaking rules. Just make your house back up. But no, no, Will. 
they 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 but don't do that. That's how it works, man. Like it's 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 about the panties. No, no. no. So there's like no, no. Don't think about the fact that like you have like this MacGuffin that can like literally solve all your problems. No, 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 no. Just we have to build the house. But why? No, no. Because no, then we don't have that episode. But let's just. Do it on a beach because, you know, we need a beach episode. Okay. Of course, it's a beach episode. Like, the fuck, guys? Okay, new new angels show up and it becomes like this weird, like, harem etchy type thing. Like, so, so this is essentially like an immature child's wet dream. Like, if you were of that ilk, then this would be, like, the perfect thing for you. It is. But also, it's like, why do you have to bring back the panty, flying panties from the previous episode? Like, that was done. Like, that, that was a gag, right? No, 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 no. They choose to keep that in. The house gets blown up, and then you are like, okay, let's build the house back up. And then you're like, okay, great. Like, But then why don't you actually use the card to build the house? No, no, no we're going to build it. I'm like, okay, great. Then all of a sudden, the next episode happens, and then two to three characters all of a sudden shows up as if they were there the whole time. You freak the fuck out as the viewer. I freak the fuck out, and I was like, this is the wrong episode number. No, it isn't. And guess what? It gets meta at that point because they're like, where have you been? It's like, I've always been here. It's like, no. No. uh The fuck? <laughs> so add this with your, with like panty humor, which has its time and place. Add the fact that there is like beach episode, the onsen episode, so on, so forth. It's like, it, it's, it literally is like very formulaic then. Like add, what you would expect this show to have, it will have it. Add in the Icaros uh, female uh, kind of angeloid who has kind of pinkish hair, which by the way, looks exactly like Lucy from Elven Lead. So whatever. And then add in the most weirdest brand of humor ever. And you have Heaven's Lost Property. There was like two seasons and an OVA. I didn't even finish the first season. Did you? Did you if you had to give it a score right now, like what would it be? Six point five. Borderline seven. It's border. So it's like there there are ways to enjoy it, but like it it's not a given. Oh, uh, the rich bitch all of a sudden has an island. Why didn't you mention it before? Because. Because, well, we did we have to explain it? Why, no, because we need to advance the story. So I never needed to tell you. Uh, at least, it, look, 6.5 isn't the worst. It could have been worse. I mean, it did sound like it were some parts you enjoyed, but that's like just the tip of the iceberg, right? Yeah. I, how, how, do, how do you really I don't really think I hate the show. I really don't hate the show, despite all my complaints and my rant. But it's not necessarily for you. It's not for me. I mean, do I hate harms? No, I like plenty of harm shows. Do I like edgy shows? There are those that I really enjoy, too. I just don't like this show. That's it. Well, fair enough. Well, hey, look, 6.5, not the worst, but definitely, definitely not the best. And I and I spoiled like three episodes. But hey, but hey, fuck it. it, right? it if you like, if you like the sound of that, by all means, go for it. I mean, like, there's like a whole lot of shit you can watch. So go ahead, check it out. Uh, now we're entering the end game. Uh, these are probably like bordering some of our favorite shows slash movies of all time, or at least like in recent memory. Um, so your yeah. Last pick is a 10 out of 10, you told me, right? It's 
absolutely a 10 out of 10. And I will the, my pick is also a 10 out of 10. So yeah. we are ending on a high note here. But they're 10 out of 10s for extremely different reasons. Absolutely. Let's go. So my uh, last show, this is going to be Look, this is not great. a pissing contest, Will. Th- 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 but th- they're not even pissing. I'm just like, this is not even a piss take either. Because I know that when people hear me say this is a 10 out of 10, they're going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But there's going to be a select few people when they hear what I say. And they will be like, I agree with this man. I'm talking about prison school. Now, prison school, famous, infamous, however you want to put it, it's an incredibly popular series. Uh, original source being a manga written by Akira Hiramoto, published in English by Yen Press, originally published in Japanese by Kodansha. The anime adaptation came out in summer 2015, again produced by JC staff. Uh, 12 episodes, one cur. Uh, they didn't have any uh, further adaptations. I think they did have a special unaired episode that followed the, um, like, I think the chapters after the uh, main series. Ended. Do you know the subtitle for the OVA? Uh, I don't remember it. It's called Prison School colon Mad Wax. Ah, yeah. That, yeah. Um, Off I, of uh, I Mad ended, Max. I ended up, did, I ended up like, then getting uh, a couple of cha- a couple of volumes of the manga and uh, just because, you know, research, why not? Um, but more about the show itself. So Prison School follows the lives of five high school boys. Uh, their names are Kiyoshi, Gakuto, Shingo, Andre, and Joe. Uh, they're... It's, it's just a high school anime, right? No. These boys uh, end up actually enrolling in Hachimitsu Private Academy, which is in the outskirts of Japan. What's special about this school? It is a prestigious all-girls boarding school, famous for high-quality education and very, very well-disciplined students. However, because of a change in the school's iconic policy... Boys are now able to enroll in the school. So therefore, within the first semester of this new decree, five boys have been ex- uh, accepted. Oh, that's great. I mean, the male-to-female ratio is fantastic, right, Will? 200 girls to one boy. Great. Now, all, of course, like jokes aside, uh, it, this is essentially like the setup for a very hijink, slapstick, ridiculous premise of a series. But to, of course, like a prepubescent boy or like a young kid or anyone who really gets down with the, the etchy harm shit, like this is perfect, right? Like, let, let's not try and be all high and mighty and try and analyze this from like, oh, like, oh, but that, dude, of course it's going to be good because like this is what like horny young teenagers are all about. They just want to see, you know, big titties and girls like doing sexual shit and like boys getting into random comeuppance and like being able to like exploit certain like systems within the school and be able to like try and reach their goals, quote unquote. Yeah, it absolutely is that. Like, it, it's just that. Like, there's no need to like bullshit around and like say like, oh, it's trying to be something else. It's not a parody of anything. It's not trying to be like high level. It's not trying to be like like trying to like make fun of certain tropes. It is the trope itself. It is a horny ass anime, but it's a very well done anime. As far as stuff that JC staff has done, this is probably one of my favorites. My 
favorite productions that JC Staff has done. The animation quality and the character designs are phenomenal. Especially because of the fact that, yeah, seven years ago doesn't sound like a very long time, but if we were to compare the quality of productions in the past 10 years, starting from the mid-2010s all the way till now, there is a stark, stark difference. But I think that Brisbane School itself succeeds in the test of time it does really really fucking well the comedy beats are fantastic the camaraderie between the characters are great and the voice acting is superb we got kamiya hiroshi as fujino one of the main characters we've got kinoshi katsuyuki as another of the main boys we've also got ito suzuka who plays one of the uh, wardens within the prison school and then of course we have kana hanazawa playing Hana Midorikawa in fucking prison school. I just find it really funny how the name is, is Hana still, right? Is Hana and also Kawa is is in the last name. Yes. Now, when you were saying that Hana Kawa's uh, Hana Kana's performance in Nisekoi is one of your most memorable, one of the most celebrated performances, I wouldn't disagree, right? However, her performance in prison school is fucking ridiculous okay so we need to trade notes right that's what it is like you need to watch nisekoi i need to watch prison school and then figuring it out once and for all which one of these two is the hanakana role right the thing is they both are because we've seen how versatile Kana's repertoire is, right? Like she's played some of the greatest, most memorable characters. Even if she's just playing like a side character, like someone's mom, does it perfectly well. No issues whatsoever. But more about prison school itself. Prison school has, of course, a lot of controversial topics, especially when it comes to the more lewd and culture aspects within anime and manga, just just media in general, because yes, it's very, very out there. I think the first couple episodes uh, when it aired um, had a lot of heavy censoring. Uh, it tones down a bit after the first two episodes and then it comes back again. But generally, when you're watching Prison School, you should fully expect to have a lot of censored cultured moments much in the way that if you're watching for example interspecies reviewer or you're especially if you're watching world and harem uh so like this is no different from that what is different though from those two shows is that production quality is superb voice acting is fantastic the plot is ridiculous fun it's one of the best shows i've watched in the past five years I probably would have watched it and enjoyed it just as much as I watched it back then when it first released. And to this day, like now that I'm watching it, I probably wouldn't feel any different had I watched it when it first aired. It is just a good-ass time, the perfect way for you to just de-stress from whatever uh, troubles you experienced in your day. I, I can't say anything bad about there was nothing bad about prison school so this is from my plan to watch list so i i should watch this right absolutely i i've Great. always had it on the periphery but it was also like what, what's really good about this is this is just big titties and panty shots and boys trying to do boy things well, right? I'll, I'll be honest like other than i think one of the principals with the silver hair i actually don't know if she's the principal or the student counselor or whatever uh it's very well known for being very lewd looking so I was just like, what 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 else is there? Really, what else right? is there really? Right. Is so, it is it a one trick pony? It's absolutely 
not. And people who hate this series might think I'm crazy, but I'm not talking to you people. I'm talking to the people who absolutely love Kangoku Gakuen or Prison School. It is a fantastic, one of my all-time favorite series, and and not seeing it because anime titties and ass are great. No, I mean they are great. This this is that's it's not just that. If you're listening to this and you don't think I'm crazy, and that you have any inkling of checking out Prison School, go ahead. I, I, honestly, I, I haven't checked it out. I think I will move it up higher on my list. I also don't think you're crazy. Like there's. Thank you very much. Well, I mean, it's all my. It was all my. The, the voices in my head tell me I'm not crazy. Oh, so. great, great, great. Uh, you, you keep listening to those voices. They keep telling you good things. Yeah. Oh, and also the 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 the, the opening is fantastic too. Oh, there's just so much to love about the show. But whether you like it or not, that's very much a very very subjective thing as well. I'm pretty sure that you will find some enjoyment out of it. I'm very, very sure that Jason will enjoy it too. Whether it's a ten, that's you know to be decided though. For me, it's a ten. So my final uh, chosen work that I watched, which uh, earlier I said was a ten out of ten, which is the case, is Garden of Words, yep. which is written by Makoto Shinkai. Uh, it's published in English by Vertical Press. Uh, it's a manga. Uh, it's premiered in 2013. It's a movie. And if you have not heard of Makoto Shinkai, he is the director and writer for Your Name, Weathering With You. And he recently sh- uh, showed footage of his new film, which is coming out in November 11th, if I remember correctly. Uh, I saw footage of the show. It looks great. Um, have, Will, have you seen it? What, the trailer? Yeah. The trailer. About doors, yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's uh, you know the two minute one, yeah, the one that you you kind of have a feeling that you know what to expect from a Shinkai movie. But like, this is your opinion. I want to hear what you say first about uh, not not that particular movie, but about Garden of Words because I have watched Garden of Words now. Yeah, in fact, you watched it first. I watched it maybe two weeks before you did. So, uh, to put it simply, uh, the Garden of Words is about a high school student who I think one day decides to ditch class and walk in the park. And then in this like uh, secluded pagoda, I think is the name of that term for uh, yeah, that, it's, that it's park little, structure. It's a little pagoda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he encounters this woman, and it is about the relationship between this woman and him whenever they meet because she is ditching work to show up to the pagoda and then they just kind of like every time it rains that's like that's when they each of them know independently that oh he or she will be at the pagoda so let's go and hang out and it talks about the the lives aspirations the issues that each of these two characters face i think the runtime for this movie is about is less than an hour it's It's like uh, 45 minutes very uh very short in terms of a movie but at the same time like it it's the perfect amount for this particular movie despite the fact that this movie is relatively short i do not think a single moment is wasted and also it is really quiet and slow uh if you don't like makoto shinkai's kind of flair 
earlier we talked about Shafism. So Makoto Shinkaiism is like uh, music that plays during the climax of the conflict. Uh, what else? There is weather or uh, water is involved at some point, right? There's a lot of vibrancy when it comes to background imagery. Uh, it, it it's it, and, and the use of like natural elements as well. Yeah, it's it's Shaky very cam very footage. very Shinkaiism. Yeah, uh, bittersweet like kind of feelings, relationship, romance, all of that stuff. So this show, I think. Because it came out... No, sorry, not to show. This movie came out first. I think it is unfair to sort of say, well, this is just another Makoto Shinkai movie, even though I do understand that sentiment, and I will not fight you on that. But it's the other way around, When because I watched Your Name and Weathering with you first. So here, even though it's the third time around that I saw this kind of trope, I need to... For me, at least, I'll be like, oh, actually, it's the other way around, chronologically speaking. So I should be a little more objective about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I don't fault anybody for, you know, thinking like that, especially if you watched The Garden of Words after you watched Your Name and, weather- and or Weathering With You, right? So I get that. Now, the reason why the show is uh, 10 out of 10 for me is extremely subjective in that... This show talks about the aspirations of these two characters. One of them is this high school kid who likes to make shoes or wants to make shoes, basically. He wants to be a shoemaker, like the ones that are like leather, like the really expensive, crazy, like moccasins and all that jazz. My personal attachment to like footwear and of that sort is ties to my medical science background in prosthetics and orthotics. Uh, I think the trope of walking as like physical action, like your gait, your posture, and how it ties into your analogy of learning to walk through life or learning to move on past your traumas is a very, very like typical theme. Like I'm, I'm not like going to have any qualms with anybody who says that because that's absolutely true. But when I had to deal with a lot of amputees or like or like make foot orthotics cuz I actually had to do that not only for class but for my job for a while, I have a lot of personal attachment with loss of the literal and the metaphorical and learning to walk again and learning to move on both in the literal and in the metaphorical. Furthermore, uh, the way that this they show footage of, there's like plenty of footage of food being made, for example, or like him designing the shoe and very accurate to how a person would actually go about doing that. Speaking of which, actually, if you ever see those YouTube clips of why anime food looks so good, one particular clip, is in Garden of Words. Yes. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's it, it's iconic in that sense. And you wouldn't have known unless if you watched it, the Garden of Words. So I also think the ending, some people might feel that it is a cop-out. It's, or, it's overplayed. Or it's, it's like, overplayed. oh, it's so blasé. Like, what, what, what did you expect? But, like, like there's now, no, now, now you're just being overcritical. Like there's point. no fulfillment. Like, I get that. But for me, 
I kind of like that because the world and real life doesn't necessarily always have that fairy tale ending, but everyone gets what they need to move on, like so to speak. I always feel that like whenever people say there's like a bad endings in anime, it's because they feel unfulfilled. But yeah. like again, it's like if everything was so fairy tale, then like that would be the new barometer of how we compare anime endings. And I just feel that there would just be no difference if everything had closure. Then we would never be able to think beyond the anime. We would always just be like a closed door, and then that's that. No closure is fine, but it doesn't always have to have the positive fairy tale resolution that people come to expect. Typically, let's just say another show that and manga and anime that I have not watched is After the Rain that I really like, and a lot of people criticize the ending. And while I do see it from that point of view, to me, it was like the perfect ending. Not because it was the perfect ending, but it is what idealistically would happen. And that, would, that would be the right ending. It is the right ending, but it's not the quote-unquote perfect ending. So uh, I really like the way that everything resolves itself here. And I don't think anything else needs to be insinuated. The last thing I will say, which I think almost nobody will have any qualms with me saying, is this film looks absolutely gorgeous i i I don't think you're doing it justice by saying it's absolutely it is it is it looks real it's it's crazy how beautiful garden of words is it looks real like the rain like if i were to freeze frame it raindrops in the pool like next to the pagoda that then like when you have the drops like sliding off the leaves and you see the puddles that generate along on the outside of the pagoda when like the rain falls off the roof and onto the ground it's so painstakingly animated to the point where like you just have to sit back and think it can't get any better than this it it it, it was really really gorgeous when i watched it i think these this movie is one of those uh things that you show off when you want to have like a really high like pixelated resolution or like a really large screen this is the movie that you want to show off with. It's uh, it's Comics Wave, right? Yes. That Shinkai works with? Yeah. Yes, because it's his studio, I think. Um, so I don't necessarily hate Makoto Shinkai's Your Name and also Weathering With You. But oh, they're, I, they're, they're good movies. They're very good movies. But I also feel that there is an element of kind of mainstreamness. And I understand that like that makes me sound very hipster because it is. But this, The Garden Awards, is... I would call it a film rather than a movie because it has that different feel, the distinction, the atmosphere. Does that mean that it's better? No. In fact, if anything, like I understand why Makoto Shinkai decided to go in the direction of your name and weathering with you with making it the plot and romance like more simple and straightforward. And uh, I understand that. And I think he has achieved a good success and balance between what the vision he wants versus the stories he wants to tell. So I understand that. But this film is just, it was amazing. I mean, you have a lot of personal attachment to it, right? Yeah, and that too. Like, n- almost like hardly anybody would get the same context of prosthetics and orthotics and, you know, like walking that I have witnessed, right? But again, these things are subjective. So for me, it really made me think like Makoto Shinkai is, is the shit. 
it's awesome. And this film is like top, top 10. Is it 10 it's out like, of 10. It's like the Shinkai cream of the crop, right? Like for me, I gave it an eight borderline nine. I think like overall the story was, was good, but the visuals were like beyond amazing. Like, I, I cannot stress like how beautiful Garden of Words is. It is a, a masterpiece when it comes to the visual elements. Uh, I, I don't have as much of a personal attachment to the plot itself uh, as compared to the Jason. But again, that, that, that doesn't mean that any other opinion is right or wrong, right? It's just, I think we've talked about this before where it's like, I like Ultraman the anime is panned in terms of whether it's like, by critics or by general consensus that most people like think it's a very mediocre show. But for me, because I grew up on every single Ultraman that has come out as a kid, like I absolutely fucking love it. So while someone might think it's a six, I think it's an eight or a nine, right? Whether or not I think Garden of Words is an eight or a nine should not have any effect on whether Jason thinks it's a nine or a 10 or whatever it may be, because I like the show. Jason loves the show. The point is, is that we both found a lot of enjoyment out of watching Garden of Words, and you should also as well. I think when there is a moment in the very early parts of the film where I discovered, like, there was a realization, like an epiphany, that rather than trying to figure out uh, a score as a baseline and then working our way up, I did the opposite, which was there needs to be something that brings us down a peg, right? Because this is just too good to be true. And this is too good to be true. And then that kind of down pegness never happened to me. So then in the end, I was just like, well, then I gave all the chances for it to be a shittier product. Turns out it's not. And I love the crap out of it. 10 out of 10, boys. So yeah, um, nothing really bad to say about it at all. Uh, I mean, does that have problems? Absolutely. There, but there are a few things that are like problems, but it's like it shouldn't really detract from the score itself. Uh, like for example, like the 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 amount of product placement in it, but like that, what the fuck ever. Like that that's not a bad thing, really. I, or like, hey, Tiger and Bunny does it like point blank. But hey, like, or someone needs to get their film funded but it is a very valid criticism for sure i'm not gonna like yeah whether it sways your decision like that's that's up to you right okay so that is the end of will and my cleanup i think on we are running a little bit over but i think the last thing that i will do is go over the tentative cleanup list we're not going to do picks originally i was thinking that we might but we're going to hold off on that but we are going to tell you at least currently without locking them in the 10 titles that are on will's next cleanup and my next cleanup yeah so what i've got so far on my end is shogun roku rakugo shinju dimension w yormangand iron-blooded orphans from the mobile suit gundam series and the Promare movie, along with uh, Patema Inverted, You and Me, Endro, Diary of Our Days at the Breakwater, and F, A Tale of Memories. With the last five things that uh, Will mentioned being from my plan to watch and the first five things from Will's plan to watch. Yeah, I've been so guilty about Jormungand because I know I should be watching it, but the fact that it's now on this cleanup, like if I get it picked... Boom. I definitely have yep. watched. Uh, and have Promare and F is carried over because we are we're we allow yeah, Promare. Our... I've been wanting to watch for the longest fucking time, and so I really, really do hope I get it picked. 
Uh, on your list, you've got a, a couple of stuff that I so carried over as well. From Will's plan to watch list, I got After the Rain, which I talked about. I've finished the manga, but hey, is it Wit Studio, right? I believe it's Wit. I believe it's Wit. Yeah. Or Bones, like one of them, right? Is uh, the one that I carried over is uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. The other uh, few is the Eccentric Family, Servant X Service, and the Kawaii Complex Guide to Ma- to Manners and Hoss. Hostile behavior. behavior. Oh my god, that's a mouthful. From my plan to watch list, I get Sekano, which is uh, How to Raise a Boring Girlfriend. Inuyashiki, which Will likes a lot. I heavily endorse as well. Kami-sama Kiss, Blue Spring Ride, and the second of my uh, carryover is 5 centimeters per second. So these are subject to change. But as it stands right now, these are the 10 shows that we will pick at some point in the future for our next cleanup, which we will be doing next podcast season. I really do hope you get Inuyashiki. I, I want to be able to geek out on it uh, with someone. Uh, but I would also like to hear what your thoughts are on uh, Monte Cristo, on Kawaii Complex, Sekano. I'm just looking forward to the next cleanup. And also just to confirm, yeah, After the Rain is what studio. Okay. And that is the end of our episode 32. So a bit of a cleanup. You can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at palletgood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. We have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash palletgood, capital P and capital G, all one word. We have a website. And you should check it out, www.goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can join us on Discord. You can join us on Mal. We have a Mal Club, which is not really doing anything at the moment. But we would much rather having you on Discord because then we can actually like uh, voice chat and stuff and just let me know uh, or will know about how you feel about any of these past, present, future shows. If you join the club, we can geek out about prison school. Our music credits for this episode, our intro music is No Cry by Fashion, our break music is Be Right There by Omie, and our outro music is Future Vice by Kyo. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSound.com. If you are interested in using Epidemic Sound as a service, we will have a referral link that is provided in the show description. Um, A bit of a clarification about uh, our first half. I did confirm based on uh, the Crunchyroll website that at some point it's announced, but they don't know when it would air, The Girl from the Other Side 2022 OVA. Yeah, it's still TBA. But they have confirmed that it would be on there at some point. So just wait a little bit longer. Um, We'll be, I mean, Jason's watched it. I'll be watching it, the Blu-ray. Yeah, and then then just scroll in your credits and then you'll see good anime palette right there. Along with all the other wonderful people who helped make this dream uh, come to fruition as well. So, Oh my God, Will, our next episode is going to be our spring premiere. It's going to be... It's it's finally time. I know that the spring season is well and truly like in session right now, but you, there are there were a couple of uh, seasonals that we wanted to wait uh, until they actually like got a couple episodes in, like Bubble and Summer. Yeah, so, yeah, Summer Time Render only just came out uh, earlier this week. Um, Bubble is not coming. It's not uh, well, not a seasonal. It is still like a movie that's coming out in uh, the spring, uh, and that's not coming out until the twenty eighth uh, or the twenty fourth, twenty eighth, uh, and then like. 
all the other series, I think we just wanted to watch like two to three episodes before we actually make judgment on them. Right, because we don't do uh like formal episodes every week. It then had to be like, well, either we watch only one episode of everything that is coming out that week and probably zero episodes of a bunch of them or have about two to three episodes per show that we want to recommend. So it was a judgment call. And I think at this point we're doing it for you guys. Yeah, not just that, but I think in the future and we have been doing this is we wanted to have several episodes per show at least or at least one or two such that we cannot necessarily just give you a gut reaction of the first impression, but actually have a bit more evidence, so to speak. Yeah, it'd be a bit short-sighted to vouch for a series when only one episode's out, and then, like, 12 weeks later, it turns out, actually, this wasn't the best. Or, like, we were, like, severely underestimating a series, and then by the end of it, it was like, wow, we actually really, really enjoyed this. So it's a little bit easier, maybe, like, two, three episodes in to make as objective as possible a judgment on the particular spring series. Uh, We have a seasonal bet. And uh, Will's not doing too good at the moment. Not, not doing too well. There's been a lot of surprises. We'll go into it uh, in the next episode. Until so, then, yep. uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, dude, go ahead and watch Prison School. Go watch Garden of Words. In fact, watch any of the stuff we talked about today because all of them are great in their own right. Maybe not so much Heaven's Lost Property or Aho Girl, but there is probably going to be someone out there that will make, really, really be down with those particular shows. Okay, so uh, final thoughts. Will... If there is one thing that you want to push, it is prison school, right? Absolutely. With, with with Silver Spoon being a close second. For me, I would say Garden of Words. I mean, that's just it's just a no-brainer. So. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to not push for a 10 out of 10, right? Yeah. All right. So thank you very much for listening to today's episode. We will be back in two weeks' time, though there may be a few After Darks or BPs coming in between. Uh, we have a very busy schedule coming up, so we're going to try and maintain that level of momentum. We will catch you all very soon with our next episode, which is the seasonal review, uh, or at least preview, however you want to call it. So get some rest, watch some anime, read some manga. We'll catch you all very, very soon. Bye.